Are you looking to expand your brand this year? Want to make your business stand out above the rest? Well, there's no better way to grow than with your own podcast. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a small business, or a massive company, you need a podcast in 2024. Podcast Plus is an easy and efficient way for you and your brand to join the podcast revolution. There's no better way to position your company as the go-to authority than with a podcast that showcases your industry knowledge, insights, and expertise. The studios at Podcast Plus are state-of-the-art with top-of-the-line production quality. And if you're just starting out, Podcast Plus offers professional script writing, editing magic, and can conceptualize your show, create your cover art, and get you ready to stream on all major platforms. We'll market your podcast as well, showcasing it on radio stations and digital streams across the country. Expand, enhance, and extend your company and brand and reach potential clients and customers 24-7. Find out more at podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. That's podcast with the K, P-L-U-S.com. This show will begin shortly after these messages from our advertisers. Advertising is what keeps the show alive. Your support means they'll continue to advertise and the podcast will continue to be free. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt, your shoulder hurts, and your back. Oh my God, your back. They're constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here is something you haven't tried. Pain Absolve. Pain Absolve is not available in any drugstore. The only way to get it is by calling today. We're so confident that it will work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription needed. And best of all, each purchase comes with a money-back guarantee. Call now to find out how you can get Pain Absolve and get rid of your pain. Call 800-261-0783. That's 800-261-0783. 800-261-0783. Call today. 800-261-0783. Are you lacking a little something between paranormal and abnormal? You need the Into the Parabnormal store. Now open at parabnormalradio.com. From hoodies to shirts, accessories, and our digital music library, it's all available in the Into the Parabnormal store. Your purchase directly helps support the show. Thanks for buying from the Into the Parabnormal store at parabnormalradio.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Mothership Link initiated. There's something out here. It's coming at me. Holy God! Have you ever heard of the Blair Witch? It's all over the place. Holy Originating from a remote location, nearly as top secret as Area 51. Is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to be? Major sighting here. Searching for the truth. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Always questioning. I mean, that's all well and good to hear someone say that, but how do we do that? Never taking no for an answer. I think that there's more to it. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. It had six fingers, not five. You're traveling on the edge of midnight. There's something behind you. Into the paranormal. With Jeremy Scott. Mothership connected. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it.
Okay, I, I think it's safe to come out now. Of course, we may not be able to say that in three hours, but at least we'll be here together on the program. And when you know what hits the fan, it'll be like no other show you've ever heard. That is, of course, if you subscribe to the theory that this is it. We're not living a day past right now. Of course, six hours left in the uh, the day here in the Pacific Coast. I don't know. Uh, I'm still alive. Check my pulse. Uh, we're still present and accounted for. Everything, you know, is as it seems. Now, if you're not privy on all of this end-of-the-world talk, uh, you, you probably likely have been living under a rock for... Well, I mean, I've been talking about it for close to a year or so. When I first talked with David Mead back on January the 14th, um, I had been interested in the subject and been studying it since well before that. In fact, you know, Planet X goes back to January 2016 when the researchers at Caltech seemingly discovered that planet, which David Mead has said is on a collision course with Earth and will cause all, uh, cause all these cataclysmic events. You don't have to take my opinion on it. You're going to be able to hear it from David Mead because we need to hear what he has to say again. And we're going to do that here in the first hour. In the next hour of the program, it's uh, something that we've never done. I've invited a few folks onto the air. And, of course, you'll be uh, you know invited to take part as you always are. Hey, there's never an hour of the program where you cannot call in. Uh, if you call in, I'm going to take your call. That's just the, the bottom line. We're going to have a, a conversation, and uh, that's that. Uh, I mean, there's no screener. And I want you to know that you can always call 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. Even when we have our uh, real people, true stories, no limits, true paranormal coming up next hour for the final two hours of the program. Because even though um, I've set up a couple of folks to join us and tell us about their paranormal experiences, and I haven't asked what their paranormal experiences are. All I have asked is people who have had paranormal experiences to come on here to the show and and, sh- and share them. I know their name and where they're from and uh, how to get a hold of them. But other than that, we're going to go through this together. And um, you never know what, what you will hear when it's live radio. So that is tonight on the program in the second and the third hour. Here's a theory. Uh, you know, the, the man that uh, President Trump has called Rocket Man, and I think uh, that is a brilliant name, Kim Jong-un, of course, the leader of North Korea. You know, he's firing all these uh, missiles off, doing all these nuclear tests. And, uh, you know, many are saying, well, is he just, you know, gearing up to take us all out? Should we be worried? You might be worried that, uh, you know, all this activity is going on, and I can certainly understand why you would be. I'm kind of scared of it myself. But here's a theory that I hadn't thought of until now, because, you know, it is September 23rd here, and uh, this is supposed to be it for us. And we're not supposed to survive past this point. Uh, you know, I'm kind of deep in the bunker tonight. Uh, I put up uh, uh, a couple of blankets over um, the door here into the to the dungeon here. Now, there are no windows. It's pretty dark down here. Uh, this time of the year, I'm having to break out the space heater because it's so cold down here. Don't have that problem in the summer because, uh, you know, it heats up, and I can actually leave the uh, the door open, but, but not the case right now. Uh, I have made myself a secret seal that I'm hoping will lead to my survival of whatever is going to happen when we're live on the air here tonight or not. 
more on that in just a moment. Is it going to happen now, or is it going to happen later? How much later? Uh, but Kim Jong Un, Rocket Man. What if he was? Uh, what if he was doing all this testing to uh, to save us from this collision, this encounter with Planet X? Because if Planet X, something so big, uh, is coming our way, uh, I would want a little bit of protection, wouldn't you? I mean, do you think we can trust NASA to protect us from something? I mean, they are doing some pretty cool stuff with, you know, tracking asteroids and stuff, but I just don't think that that this is on their radar. Do you? I think they have other fish to fry. Not necessarily bigger, but other. 47 miles across. According to David Mead, he has seen that with a telescope. So something that, that massive... Uh, yeah, we'll probably need some help dealing with it. So maybe Kim Jong-un is building his nuki bombs to uh, save us all from Planet X. I guess only time will tell. Well, a professor by the name of Daniel Rothman, who's a geophysicist and a mathematician, I'm guessing we should trust him more because he's a mathematician over somebody who's an astronomer or something. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But Mr. Rothman has said, nope, uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, the end of the world today. Uh, David Mead is wrong. And in fact, uh, we're going to live another 82 years. That puts us right at 2100. Now you might wonder, okay, what is he saying? Is he saying all the same? No, he's not saying that we're going to have a pole shift or that there's going to be any sort of collision with a planet. He's not even saying that we're going to be hit by a meteorite or anything like that. But rather that the amount of carbon in the oceans will be past the point of no return in which we can't survive that. So if you think uh, salt water uh, is bad, <laughs> uh, just wait. Again, we have True Paranormal coming up in the uh, the next hour. Great stuff tonight from uh, John Jeter coming up as well in the uh, the Paranormal News. I can just tell you some of the stories that he'll be uh, covering. Of course, uh, he will have more on that story I I just mentioned. Also, weird case of a flesh-eating bacteria down in the land down under. And we've got new information, believe it or not, from the Travis Walton case, which I find very, very interesting. Do you not as well? Because we talked about Travis Walton with Peter Robbins last week. Also, some uh, very uh, interesting information as well as it relates to artificial intelligence and their ability to predict natural disasters. It's kind of a rad story, so uh, stick around for that. Well, astronomer David Mead studied at the University of Louisville. He's worked for both the federal government and in private industry, in addition to forensics investigations. Uh, He is the author of Planet X, the 2017 Arrival. Uh, David told me that he was in the Gulf of Mexico and he was going to be heading somewhere higher land. Apparently he has done just that because I've not been able to contact David Mead since that interview. But he did tell me that it was an imminent danger, apparently more so now than ever. Well, indeed it is, and we're one minute to midnight, and uh, a lot of the world is totally unaware, and I believe they're going to be caught blindsided. But so it's a very, it's probably the most important topic of the century. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we'll find out by the end of the program tonight if that certainly is the case. Um, your fascination with Planet X, uh, when did that begin, David? I would say it began around the year 2009, 2010. I have a, a friend who's an astronomer in uh, France, and he was at one of the large public observatories, one of those uh, 10, 14,000-foot-high observatories on top of a mountain with a, a telescope that's owned by three different countries. I cannot name the countries, but he took a, a photo while they were observing this particular system that we're discussing tonight, the Planet X Nibiru system. He took a photo, and he mailed it to me, and he said, I'll bet you've never seen anything like this before. And he was right. I never had. And and that piqued my interest and got me into an immediate research mode. And from that point, which is about six, seven years ago, uh, I just it, it, it led to many areas. It, it led to... Uh, I don't know if I think if Isaac Newton had been alive today, he was a, he was a genius. He loved eschatology, Bible prophecy, and he loved astronomy. And I think the way he would have thought if he were alive today is, is there an astronomical program that I can use to decrypt or decode something in the book of Revelation, the apocalypse? And, you know, let's see if that works because obviously, you know, a naval officer one time told me, he said, you know, David, the, if I've, I, he said, I deal with coded documents all the time. He was a signal expert and uh, he was a cryptographer. And he said, uh, the book of Revelation is a coded document. And you know, it's not something that was written by a 16th century monk or rabbi. It's not something, it's not Nostradamus. It's not uh, a psychic. What it is, it is, is probably the oldest, uh, book of the Bible written in 90 AD by John by direct revelation, the highest authority. It's, you know, the basis of the Judeo-Christian religions of the world today. And it is an amazing book, but it, it can take 10 years of study. It can take five years of study to even barely scratch the surface of the understanding into it. And the important thing about intelligence and, and decrypting and decoding, if you study the history of World War II, for example, I don't think we would have won. The Allies would not have won World War II without MI5 and MI6 in Britain, uh, you know, military intelligence, domestic and military intelligence, international, MI6. Uh, these organizations, particularly MI5 and World War II, did some things that were absolutely amazing. One of them was the disinformation about Normandy. Uh, there were about 12 to 20 major intelligence coups involved in the winning of World War II. Uh, I'll just give you one of them, one of the last ones as an example. This, is, this just shows you the importance of understanding and having intelligence briefings to win any battle, to understand any situation, to make any progress. Um, you know, most people today are so caught up with their smartphones and billboards and TV that, you know, this, there's just, they're in their own private world. But uh, this is a year of destiny, and uh, my book is about a date of destiny. I'll give you that example briefly. So uh, you probably have heard of Heinrich Himmler. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, uh, one of the uh, sweethearts of, of the Nazis back in <laughs> World War II. He was head of the SS and the Gestapo, as I say, a real charming sweetheart. And uh, towards that part of the war, let's say go back to October of 1944, Germany was very concerned about their oil, oil supplies. They were they were dwindling, and that was fuel for their tanks and the Luftwaffe and so forth, their aircraft. 
and they can't you can't fight a battle without fuel the army is all about logistics so in any case uh he had a contact in one of the neutral countries in Europe who was an oil baron sort of the Donald Trump of oil of that of that time and he invited him to Berlin and he landed at the Tempelhof the airport in Berlin he was taken by limousine to uh, Heinrich's office and Heinrich gave him carte blanche to tour all of the refineries of Germany, ask questions, ask questions about just anything. He could even ask questions about what smoke screens do you use, what, how do you repair these facilities when they're bombed, and he, he knew the exact latitude and longitude of each one of them after he visited them. And this man just happened to be a double agent for MI6 or MI5 in Britain. And so uh, a couple months later, the Allies started bombing these facilities, and they'd often bomb them on a, a happenstance, you know, basis. And and they they didn't know about the countermeasures and so on and so forth. But all of a sudden, the Germans said, "What is happening?" Because they were dead on on all their strikes. And so this was, say, in March of 1945, as you know, was the Allies' last major advance on Berlin and in Germany. And uh, by that time. They had neutralized the uh, German aircraft and the German tanks for lack of fuel. And it's all, again, because a, a marvelous intelligence briefing was obtained by the right individual at the right spot at the right time. David, what was it that your friend gave you that um, turned you around on all this back in 2009-ish? Right. It was a uh, photograph of the Planet X Nibiru system. So... What it is, you, you've probably heard this, but I'll, I'll repeat it for your listeners. Planet X is actually the parent star of a solar system which consists of about seven orbiting bodies. In fact, the, the book of Revelation, chapter 12, describes it as this, calls it the red dragon, mentions seven bodies associated with it. The dark star Planet X is also called Nemesis. It's much smaller than our sun, and it's, it's a red dwarf star, of course. Some of the orbiting bodies are smaller than our moon. Some are larger than the Earth. One of the seven orbiting bodies is a large blue planet, much larger than Earth. The Hopis, the Indians, centuries ago, called it the blue Kachina. Another name for this is Nibiru. So there's another object. Some refer to it as Helion. So it's it's a mini solar system. It's not really just one planet. And, David, as far as the proof of existence, I mean, let's start at where Planet X, if we were to look in our solar system, where might we find Planet X? Right now, it is uh, probably in the vicinity of, um, it's closer than Mars. It's closer than Mars, and I, I, I can say that because there were some photographs taken of it a few years ago that, that pinpointed its location definitely closer than Jupiter. Now, this is because an individual who was a, uh, uh, he's a college professor in California, he happened to be flying down the uh, coast of South America, and he had a very expensive, um, I think it was a Sony camera, and he spotted this this object, and he took a photograph of it, and this photograph was analyzed and it indicated that the object had wings 
And the only objects that have wings are, are within the uh, within the distance of Jupiter to the Earth. In other words, it, it had to be Planet X by deductive logic and elimination. It was between Mars and Jupiter at the time. So some people say, oh, it's in the outer reaches of the solar system. Well, not really. It can clearly be seen from the southern hemisphere, and it is close enough now to the sun that the sun's light is reflected in the tail, making it appear like wings. In other words, gas tails of comets follow solar winds, and they're not visible until the comet's orbit is inside of Jupiter at which point the luminosity of the sun makes the tail of the comet or the planet visible. And now when you, when you did an, an, a, a photographic analysis of this object, there are wings on the object, so it's clearly behind the sun. It's not a reflection. And uh, luminance tests were run, uh, gamma tests were run, and, and so forth. The field of view analysis was done, and uh, th- there's no possible explanation for this object other other than it's the, the planet X Nibiru system. That's the reason they have so many of these observatories in Chile. They have about 10 major professional observatories down there in the mountains, and it's just great uh, viewing down there. It's the southern hemisphere, and this is approaching from the southern hemisphere. It's approaching from an, uh, about a 30-degree angle to the ecliptic, you know, the plane of the Earth and the sun. So it's very hard to get good photos or whatever of it, uh, except occasionally at sunrise or sunset in the northern Hemisphere. In fact, there's a lady um, right not too far from where I live on uh, Old Sanibel Island. Her name was Melissa Huffman, and I think her video went viral on YouTube. It had a, a million some odd views, and she accidentally happened to find the uh, object while she was crossing the bridge, and um, she was on the Sanibel Causeway. And anyway, so we, we did an analysis of that. Someone did an analysis of it, an analyst, and they used delirium. And, and knowing the known moon phases, comparing it to her video of the moon, you can go to the drive date, take away the atmosphere and the ocean. You can determine the relationship of the stars. And first of all, you have to determine the date. She forgot the date she took it. So, but if you follow the moon on charts, it's well below the horizon all dates after September 26. Therefore, the video was taken earlier in September. And you look at moon phases, and um, it basically it had to be photographed on September 23rd based on phasing of the moon. And on that date, Mercury and Stellarium is very dim. It's somewhat above the horizon, totally different location than the unknown object. All the other planets below the horizon. And so the, the, the video clearly shows an unidentified planet of some magnitude quite clearly. This is a rare photo from this hemisphere of Planet X approaching us. So, you know, the, the photographs are few and far between. But that's the reason they started the, they, they spent billions of dollars, uh, 12, 13 years ago to build the South Pole Telescope because you've got even better observation quality down there. Uh, the cover story, the legend that they used was they were studying some sort of ionized particles. Didn't make any sense. I mean, you know, you, you can't even, once you're down there, you're stuck for six months of the year. I mean, if you get ill or whatever, you, you're stuck. Uh, it's it's a crazy place to put an observatory. And, of course, they've got an infrared, you know, submillimeter uh, telescope down there. And there have been some very strange things uh, that have occurred down there. I don't know if you've uh, heard of the story of Dr. Rodney Marks, but uh, that's, that's just one of them. And uh, he's a scientist, and I, I would say... Um, I think it was the year 2000 that he passed away. He was poisoned when he was down there. 
and it, it took, I think they weren't able to uh, obtain the body for about five months to get him to New Zealand because the weather was so inclement. And when they finally did, they determined that he had uh, passed away of methanol poisoning. Well, methanol, of course, is wood alcohol. And, uh, there's a very simple cure. If you, if you drink two to eight ounces of wood alcohol, I mean, any doctor could tell you this, uh, all you gotta do is drink, uh, five shots of Jack Daniels whiskey, and that's the antidote, because that stops the metabolism of the uh, methanol. If you, if you ingest ethanol or alcohol, it stops the metabolism of the uh, methanol. But why couldn't they, you know, determine that when he was down there? Why, why, you know, he, they had a, infirmary and so forth but he was poisoned uh he was poisoned and um uh he passed away uh in a matter of hours down there he he had a he had every reason to live it wasn't suicide he had a girlfriend he was planning on coming back to new zealand getting married and all and he was in charge of the south pole telescope and i suppose he just knew too much i don't know what happened so uh, I don't want to get into that, that too much. Great stopping point for David Mead. We'll be back with more from him for the rest of this hour. And then it's True Paranormal live with you. Traveling into the paranormal, I'm Jeremy Scott. Into the paranormal. Do you take Viagra? Are you tired of overpaying for your pills? What if you could get the exact same results for a fraction of the price? Guaranteed. Well, now you can with Sildenafil, the active ingredient in Viagra. With 20 milligram generic Sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results of Viagra for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right, absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of Viagra. So give your wallet a break and call us toll-free at 800-511-9761 to get your generic Sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. Again, just call 800-511-9761 and get your generic Sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this. So call 800-511-9761 now. Paranormal News. I'm John Jeter. Not mainstream. So how much do we really know about the moon? Not middle of the road. People in Japan are claiming animal abuse in the exorcism of fish. Not for the fate of heart. A nuclear blast nearly wiped out the state of Arkansas. Paranormal News at the bottom of the hour. So, uh, Jeremy, how do you top that one, dude? Only on Into the Paranormal. This is Paranormal News. I'm John Jeter. Could artificial intelligence be used to predict earthquakes? Paul Johnson, a geophysicist at Los Alamos National Laboratory, is using a powerful tool he believes can do just that. Many scientists over the years have tried to find reliable ways to forecast earthquakes, but have not been successful. Johnson may be on to something here. The technology today is better than ever with machines that can learn algorithms and supercomputers. Researchers are using raw seismic data from real quakes in addition to the algorithms. 
Just imagine if you could be warned days or even weeks before the major one hits. But what happens if they're wrong? Another week, another snake oil saleswoman. This time, actress and singer Gwyneth Paltrow is selling a not-so-credible product. Her website, Goop, which has been accused of fraud, is back with its latest invention, psychic vampire repellent. I want to suck your blood! The product is claimed to ward off psychic vampires or people who drain the life right out of you. Some of the ingredients include love, moonlight, botanical oil, and alcohol. The product, which sells for 30 bucks, has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Connect with the news at ParanormalRadio.com. I'm John Jeter, and this is Paranormal News. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal, you're traveling on the edge of midnight into the parabnormal. How you doing on the TalkStream Live Paranormal Radio app, our newest affiliate. Of course, we affiliate. We appreciate every one of you for picking up the program. It's time for the roll call. The KCOR Digital Radio Network, WLRU 106.9, Valentine Radio 1610, KTLK The Fringe, and of course, tune in all live tonight, and then we got our podcast partners. Too many to mention, but we appreciate every one of them, uh, including Spreaker and Stitcher and iHeartRadio and iTunes uh, for getting us out to the masses. Uh, if you haven't followed, uh, followed us on any of those um, and those are your favorite apps, well, go ahead and do that. What are you waiting for? Back to David Mead now as uh, we talk with him about conspiracy theory associated with Planet X. There are a lot of them, aren't there, David? Oh, absolutely. You know, I always tell people you have to understand how the intelligence community operates. If you don't understand that and you get into Planet X research, you're going to, you're a viewer, listener, reader, whatever, is going to be totally confused. You have to understand how, the, and I'll just give you a two-minute briefing. Uh, my stepfather, for example, took the JFK autopsy photos at Bethesda Naval Hospital. So, I mean, I grew up around these people. I know who they are, the outfit agencies, uh, the uh, how they work. Uh, one that most people are not too familiar with is the Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA. DIA and CIA often work in tandem. And uh, they have uh, covert operators that work for them that are that are off the books. In other words, they're not in the main building. They don't wear uniforms. You'll never see them on TV. They wear suits. They don't even use their real names on a nine-to-five basis. You can call them Mr. Valley, Mr. Baines. It's it's a it's a made-up name, and they operate out of some civilian office buildings in Virginia, around Washington, very innocuous-looking buildings. But they don't work in one of the upper-level offices. They work in sub basement sub-level, sub-level offices. And um, they uh, a lot of them are funded by the uh, black ops budget. And uh, they, they do all kinds of projects. It is rumored that one of their major projects is Operation Skyfold Indigo, 
which has a couple of purposes. One is weather modification, uh, which can be used militarily against enemies to create droughts, famines, and so forth. And the secondary purpose of it, from what I've heard from, uh, from third parties and contacts, is that it is used You've heard of chemtrails. These are obviously condensation. Well, chemtrails are not condensation trails. They are not contrails that are produced by commercial jet aircraft. What they are is uh, aerosol spraying of certain, you know, uh, heavy metals, certain elements, barium, lithium, strontium, and so forth that they've been ionized. And, and they create, when they are sprayed in aerosol fashion, they, you know, create major cover in the sky and they're usually sprayed in a crisscross pattern they're usually sprayed in highly populated areas at sunrise and sunset and the purpose is to uh, not allow the public to notice any potential sightings of planet x nibiru around sunrise or sunset to fog the atmosphere so this is a typical black ops program and it's run by contractors and you say well don't the pilots know something well, the pilots, I'm sure, are given a cover story. They're probably told it's something like, you know, greenhouse gas emissions or global warming, which, you know, is a hoax to begin with. But, uh, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're given a cover story and they don't go beyond it. They don't ask questions. If they did, they, you know, could be arrested or they could, uh, lose their pension on a, on a worst case basis. Uh, they would be dismissed. So uh, they, they're just not allowed to ask any questions. They're under orders. They do what they're told. And uh, they probably, most of them don't even care. And most of them probably realistically don't even know. So uh, th- these are the, the type of things that, uh, that go on in this very strange, uh, what's called the intelligence community. Alpha Town CIA will set up a project. DIA agents will run it through their contractors. Many of them are civilian contractors. And a lot of us covered by the block ops budget. You know, when Eisenhower warned us in the 1950s, when he warned us of the military industrial complex, uh, it's primarily the military complex. And, uh, what it is, uh, for example, he authorized Area 51. And the, the main purpose initially of Area 51, Groom Lake, Nevada, was to develop the U-2 aircraft to fly at 80,000 feet and take pictures. That's before we had, you know, use of uh, satellites. So that, that was the main purpose that he authorized uh, Area 51 for. But a few years into Area 51, he wasn't getting any information out of the people. Well, what had happened is they had compartmentalized it among a few people on a need-to-know basis. They weren't telling him anything. So he sent two people. This has all just come out. He sent two Army people there, and they basically said that Eisenhower has sent us and unless you reveal to us what you're doing here and what you know, he's going to send in a division from the Army and invade the space. So that's how out of control it can get. Uh, they can compartmentalize even the president. So it's, it's a very uh, unusual situation here in the uh, United States. My guest, by the way, is David Mead tonight, and he is author of Planet X, the 2017 arrival. I'm sure we've all been hearing about Planet X for some time, and that one day it is going to wipe us out. You do believe that that time is going to come this year, do you not, David? Right. Uh, let me say this. A lot of British tabloids, uh, I think uh, two or three of the major ones, have picked up on my story in my book, 
and, and on an ancillary basis, Pravda and Russia and the Washington Post and uh, AOL News and even the National Enquirer have picked up on it. And uh, a lot of people have picked up on it. And, uh, but they, you know, they some of these papers tend to puff it. And some of the British tabloids said, oh, well, the, the uh, life on Earth is going to end, according to David Mead. That's not true. I never said that. This planet, I'm sure, will still be going a thousand years from now. But this is a major cataclysmic event. You know, the Earth undergoes major cataclysms from time to time. The, the North Pole used to be in the state of Arizona many, many, you know, millennia ago. Uh, this, this, we've had, uh, we've had comets hit the planet and, and one University of Arkansas researcher believes it might have been uh, a passage of planet X that, that, uh, had with it the comet shower, the asteroid strikes that wiped out the dinosaurs, you know, 65 million years ago. And, uh, so this is a very cataclysmic planet we, we live on. And, you know, the last thousand or two years have been relatively calm, but it's about to change. So, um, my book, I would say chapter by chapter goes into the scientific basis for this event and its precise timing. My book is a, uh, which is Planet X, the 2017 arrival by David Mead. It's on Amazon.com and other platforms. And it's in print, it's in ebook form, it's in audiobook form. It's a, a compendium of information from every sphere, which is scientific, astronomical, the book of Revelation, and, and geopolitics. And it points us to one particular point in time in the very latter part of 2017. I believe Planet X is a cryptogram. I believe Planet X causes all the impact destruction in the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments of the book of Revelation. Something has to cause them. And, uh, so, you know, it fits together perfectly like a watch when you, when you study it for long enough and when you look at it for long enough. And I believe an attorney in a court of law could say, listen, the existence of Planet X is beyond any reasonable doubt to a moral certainty. Uh, you just have to ask yourself some questions. The, the day before 9-11, Donald Rumsfeld said, oh, by the way, we at the Pentagon, we've got 2.2 trillion disappeared. It disappeared from the Pentagon's budget. Uh, where did it disappear to? Why, why is that much money needed for black ops? What, was it used for one of the 134 alleged underground deep bunkers throughout the United States? Why are critical government infrastructures moving from their susceptible positions on the East Coast to protected areas of Colorado? And I'm talking the CIA domestic division, and I'm talking a million-square-foot database of the National Security Agency that moved to uh, Utah. And they said, oh, there's not enough electricity in, uh, in Maryland. Well, that's, that's, an odd, that's an odd answer. Um, so back to the main topic, though. Could it be that government insiders from NASA, DOD, and the CIA, probably just a handful of them, know that two-thirds, up to two-thirds of the population could perish during a pole shift caused by this passage of planet X? Uh, now, the Vatican is, is fully aware of what is happening, and there have been interviews by a fellow named Father Malachi Morton. He was a, a very high-up uh, insider with the uh, Vatican. And, you know, the Vatican has a secret intelligence agency called the SIV. It's the Information Service of the Vatican. Uh, they've got a telescope, uh, the large binocular telescope in Arizona on Mount Graham near Tucson. It's near infrared. 
Uh, they, their cover story is they're looking for extrasolar planets and advanced alien intelligence. So it's chilled to minus 351 Fahrenheit so it can conduct near-infrared observations. And that's the only way you can, uh, by the way, see a red or brown dwarf star like our sun's binary twin, which is planet X. It's a dwarf star, a binary twin. It can best be observed in the spectrum. So why all of this interest by the Vatican asked that question? What are they really interested in? Well, Father Malachi, a uh, Vatican insider, said he knew about an inbound planet which would cause the destruction of millions of people. He said it would look like a red cross in the sky when it appeared. It is red iron oxide. That's, you know, that's the, uh, the content of the star. Uh, it's, it's a red dwarf star. He indicated it would appear between 2015 and 2025. I think he implied more towards 2017, if I recall. I don't, but the exact date is a secret hidden in the archives of the Vatican. He was a, Father Malachi was a professor of paleontology at the Pontifical Biblical Institute of the Vatican. And he had criticized the Vatican for not releasing the full content of the third secret of Fatima. The presumption is, well, the Vatican didn't want the facts known about Wormwood, which is the Bible name for Planet X. That's the Book of Revelation calls it Wormwood. Uh, actually, there's two, uh, there's two asteroids that strike according to the Book of Revelation. One is called Wormwood. But anyway, Father Martin, uh, Art Bell, he told Art Bell, he said, uh, Art Bell said, why are you so interested in deep space, the Vatican? He said, well, the mentality among those of us who are at the highest levels of Vatican administration and geopolitics, we know what's going on in space. We know what's approaching us. And I know another Vatican insider who stated that the Graham Observatory that the Vatican owns in uh, Arizona is used to study, quote, anomalous celestial bodies. Though so he compared it with what the CIA did with one of its secret eyes uh, called Skyhold 12 or Keyhole 12. He stated that during an Alaskan, I think it was a radio telescope monitoring of a deep space probe program called SILO, a photograph had been taken of a huge planet moving inbound to our system back in 95, classified above top secret. And he said the probe was created in Area 51 with an EMP motor and so forth, put in orbit by a space plane. And he said his purpose was to approach Nibiru Planet X and transmit information back to the radio telescope. So... Another Vatican insider stated that the Graham Observatory, um, well, there, there have been several, but in any case, uh, the, the LBT has two giant 27.6-foot diameter telescope mirrors. So the question is, what do you think are they looking for? Uh, that's a good question, uh, David Mead. So you're saying that Planet X will not wipe us out, but it's going to destroy some of us? Right. I'd say, you know, you have a better than even. Everybody has a better than even chance of survival. Uh, it depends on your interpretation of, uh, the extent of the destruction and, and, uh, and revelation. But, uh, we, this is really what's called the end of days. It's, it's what we're in. And, uh, it, it's just a major, there's going to be some major earth changes associated with it. And, uh, planet X or Wormwood, if you want to call it Wormwood, is the, uh, agent for a lot of this this change. You take a 1.7 kilometer asteroid, for example, and let's say it hit the ocean. It would create a 1,000 foot tsunami. It would uh, create enough dust in the atmosphere to probably affect crops worldwide, the growing season of crops. Uh, if it hit a country, it would destroy a country the size of France. And I'm just talking one and a half kilometers. I'm not talking any larger. So the, that would have, be the equivalent of 1,000 megatons of TNT. So 
that's just the size of a relatively small object. And remember this, if, if you listen to a program called, um, trying to think of the name of it, it's a 15-minute uh, YouTube video. I think it's called The Red Dragon. It's, it's on my website, writerswebservices.com, which is all about Planet X. Anyway, uh, it's a CIA guy who uh, was involved in the Hubble telescope, and he says some really interesting things. Um, he said that this thing, I'm quoting him, has got seven planets and its own sun. He's an alleged CIA agent that, that was had privy access to the Hubble. And he claims to have witnessed the many solar, his codename is Arizona. He claims to have witnessed the many solar system after intercepting uh, image transmissions from the Hubble Space Telescope during his employment with the CIA. And I don't know him personally, but it's very interesting. He's very impressive. He said, I think this thing has a planet like ours circling it. It's its own solar system. And then he said, we're about to have a solar system come through the middle of our solar system. This can't be good. He uh, said that the system will pass the Earth from beneath the ecliptic at a distance of 20 million miles. And that's and he said at breakaway speed. I remember this thing's got a, a you know, a debris a cloud of probably a quarter million miles behind it. So that's what's going, that's the dangers to, that's the meteors, the meteorites, the asteroids, and so forth that can hit the Earth. And he claims the government's been monitoring the system for years, and that in 2008 it could be seen in high detail using modern equipment. Uh, he said the planet is 47,000 miles across, gives off iron oxide dust, uh, it's formed a cloud up to 100,000 miles across. He says the surface temperature is 5 to 10 million degrees. And he said the system's dust cloud takes on the appearance of wings. And that's true. Uh, he said CIA guys told him the pole shift will probably happen from start to finish in about 28 minutes. He said we have to expect 500 to 1,000 foot tall shock waves. He said he watched it through the Hubble Space Telescope. And he said when the thing looked like it was across the street, the Hubble got cut off. They encrypted it. And that was the end. And... Uh, so he said, uh, you know, we, we will experience a pole shift. I don't know. It may be a 90-degree shift, maybe a 20, 30-degree shift. He said they've known about this thing forever. Mm -hmm. I think they've known about it since at least the early 80s. I mean, and, so what are the effects uh, of that, David, overall? Uh, the effects? Of a pole shift. Uh, of, oh, of a pole shift. Well, you know, very, very severe. The ocean literally comes out of its basin. And you, you've got uh, 500-foot tsunamis. You have worldwide uh, volcanic eruptions. And uh, the, the ash from these volcanoes can create, you know, where there are a lot of them, it can create a, a nuclear winter. Uh, you've heard of that scenario. It will create, um, you know, magnitude 10.0 and higher earthquakes. Uh, it will, one of the major problems when Planet X does approach is gonna have to do with the sun. And, uh, you know, let's just take this hypothetically. This may be the calling card of Planet X. So, let's, let's assume this. Suppose an X60 solar flare leaves from the sun when Planet X approaches. Because see, the magnetosphere of, of X and Nibiru will interface with our sun. So the coronal mass ejection will head straight towards the Earth. How much warning will we have? Well, guess what? This is the first overt sign of the nearness of, of planet X. So the CME, the coronal mass ejection, 
is a slow-moving cloud of charged particles. Now, but it's accompanied by an X-ray burst. Both have devastating effect. The X-ray burst will travel at the speed of light, so it'll get here in eight minutes. And then you'll have problems with the GPS satellites. A lot of satellites will be knocked out. So anybody that's watching is going to have that as a heads up. That's going to happen in eight minutes. Three or four days later, the CME will arrive. So, so the X-rays, again, they affect all Earth-orbiting satellites and line of sight. GPS communications go down. Communication satellites go down. That's a signal if you're watching. Then the CME arrives three to four days later, and that causes transformers, which have copper wiring, to heat up and overload. As their design capacities overload, they burn up. Uh, David, so, sorry to interrupt, but are we headed towards an EMP? Well, yeah, this is the equivalent of, of, a, uh, of an EMP attack. There's two ways to create uh, that kind of disruption over the Earth. And one is, you, you, you know, uh, an EMP attack by North Korea or something like that, which is a, is a single nuclear bomb that's, that's detonated uh, a couple hundred miles above the atmosphere, above Kansas or whatever. And if those crazy people in North Korea ever do that, uh, they can basically knock out the electrical power grid, which was, which was built by the Chinese to begin with and has Chinese parts. So, and they, the Congress has had years to harden up. They never have. So it's a totally, uh, an, you know, the, the case of the, the, uh, my father used to say the inmates have taken over the asylum. But anyway, uh, that's, that's one EMP scenario, electromagnetic pulse. The second electromagnetic pulse scenario is a chromal mass ejection. Has very similar effects. Um, and what's going to happen then is you're not going to have power. You know, you got 440 nuclear power reactors in the northern hemisphere, and they require electricity to operate the cooling systems. And you've got radioactive fuel on site. You've got to cool it, you know, otherwise you're going to have a meltdown. If the reactor cores aren't cooled, you're going to have a meltdown and fires in the storage ponds, the spent fuel rods. And um, now I would say most of these places probably have anywhere from two to seven days of backup, you know, generator uh, electricity. But, you know, after that, the water bath over the spent fuel rods will just boil away. The fuel rods will melt down, they'll burn. And uh, so you're going to have a nuclear meltdown of 440 power reactors. Uh, transformers are not going to be easy to find. They, they weigh 300 tons, they cost a million dollars. There's a three-year waiting list for a single transformer due to recent demand from China and India. So you can, you know, just grasp the implications of a widespread uh, power loss, transformer loss. And the Nuclear Regulatory Commission only requires a week's supply of backup generator fuel at a reactor site. So you'll have one week to prepare for Armageddon. So if you live near uh, a nuclear power plant. And so if the pole shift doesn't kill you, the EMP and the nuclear meltdown will. <laughs> the other is... It's uh, a lot of people are going to strategically relocate probably right before it hits. Uh, if they have any warning, uh, they'll probably relocate to, you know, uh, 500 to 1,000 feet above sea level, a couple hundred miles inland from a coast. Uh, they'll probably have a bug out plan, a survival plan, uh, and so forth. Get out of here at the end of September of, of 2017 or whatever. It, uh, you have a signal that's about to, uh, about to affect us. So some people will, will, you know, they'll move to Arizona and Colorado and they'll be fine. Those those states are not going to be affected. California is a very, very dangerous state. So is Florida. 
because of uh, tsunami and flooding problems. Uh, California is one of the worst states to uh, to be in. It's, uh, I mean, a, a pole shift. If you were in, uh, you know, California with all those plates moving, uh, with the Planet X pole shift, it's it's going to be pretty wild. California is composed of rock plates, and when it's compressed, it breaks. And the rock masses push upwards, so you'll have uh, synergistic uh, after effects, tidal waves, high hurricane force winds, earthquakes, David. along the fall laps. Imagine something 47 miles across coming at you. David Mead is author of Planet X, the 2017 arrival. We did a whole other hour with David Mead in episode 194 back on January 14th of this year, so check that out for more from him. We'll be back live with you. It's True Paranormal coming up next. Whatever you do, prepare yourself for what's coming through your speakers into the pair of normal. The Dr. Edgar Mitchell Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters, or FREE, is a not-for-profit academic research institute established by the late Apollo astronaut Dr. Edgar Mitchell, Harvard astrophysicist Dr. Rudy Shield, and various PhD scientists and lay researchers. Free is researching what is consciousness. In other words, what is the true nature of our multidimensional reality? By undertaking cross-comparative research on individuals that are having various types of contact with non-human intelligence. To participate in Free's research study and to learn more about their various support and educational programs, please visit experiencer.org. That is E-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E-R dot O-R-G. Thank you. And now the news. Arab Normal News. I'm John Jeter. Not mainstream. Imagine if you could see inside a black hole. Not middle of the road. A meteor cruised through the West. Not for the fate of all. In a ritual to rid them of evil spirits. Arab Normal News at the bottom of the hour. Could it be a test for something to come? Only on Into the Paranormal.
guy. Jeremy doesn't bite. Call 818-672-6865 or Skype in at Into Paranormal. All right, uh, five, minutes, five hours left in this day, and uh, you and I are still here. So what does that mean for all these doomsday, uh, doomsday predictions? You know, I've always said it's really the dates that are the most disappointing to me because then when the dates come and when they go and when there's nothing to show for it, boy, somebody has egg on their face. I'm not sure whether it's David Mead or whether it's Professor Rothman who we heard about in the last half hour with John Jeter in the pair of normal news. And by the way, more to come from him. We heard about how AI is being used to try and warn of disasters. Travis Walton addressing skeptics. Something known as vampire repellent. You have to be kidding me. That's why you got to not only listen to this show, but don't go anywhere at the bottom of the hour, even for a popcorn or a potty break, because uh, the news... Uh, at the bottom of the hour, is sometimes just as good as the radio program is. And I want to say thanks to uh, everybody who has uh, been uh, sending me messages. Uh, we got Lisa and we got Eugene, very active tonight on on Twitter and Facebook. And, uh, of course, uh, God of Thunder, Dave Cruz has checked in. And uh, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have some fun over the next two hours. Now, you might... Uh, I, my get my, my, my the folks that are going to be coming on and, and you can be one of them eight one eight six seven two six eight six five that's eight one eight six seven two six eight six five they may not think that this is very fun and um, I get that if you've had a paranormal experience depending on what it is you may not think that that's very fun I guess it depends on what it is. Uh, you know, I'm amazed at, at you know, uh, people who have uh, paranormal experiences, very, very similar ones, will have different opinions of those experiences. You know, uh, many people, uh, free the uh, Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial and Extraordinary Encounters now, uh, have done some research that would say that the majority of people who have these experiences report them as positive so you know if if we're talking about an alien abduction uh, you know some some have viewed that a positive experience it would scare the you know what out of me but that doesn't mean that everybody is going to experience it the same way so depending on what kinds of stories we are going to hear tonight it it may be good it may be bad it may be a little bit of both now i have asked a few people to come on the program and uh, share their experiences um, but there is also plenty of room for you to squeeze into the mix. We've got two more hours here on the program. And there's plenty of time for you to call in and be a part of the show. So here's the phone number. Don't be shy. 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. If you prefer to sound really, really good, and I would love for you to sound really, really good, you can Skype in into Parabnormal. Whether you've seen a UFO, whether you've had an experience with ETs, whether you've encountered Bigfoot, have you had a near-death experience, an after-hours experience? I think we all have had after-hours experiences. (laughs) They do that all the time down in Las Vegas, where I just returned from a little over a week ago from my honeymoon. Uh, An after- uh, or near-after-death 
near-death experience, anything of the kind, 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. Now, I am not big on paranormal experiences myself. Uh, You know, that may shock some people. Uh, I have had a few weird things happen. In fact, at least once a day, something goes missing in my household. But there's nothing paranormal that has to do with that. Some of you, uh, this is a uh, this is a, a more frequent occurrence than others. Um, so if you've had experiences, I want to hear about it. 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. Uh, this isn't staged. Uh, I have not a clue what any of these folks are going to talk to us about. I know that I've asked them to share a paranormal experience. Beyond that, they haven't shared anything with me. I haven't asked anything, which means I'm going to go into this uh, interview with an open mind, and I would hope that you would go into it with an open mind as well. Because it's my opinion that you can have an opinion on whatever it may be, but how dare you tell somebody else what they have or have not experienced. In fact, Travis Walton addresses, you know, the world's most famous UFO abductee, has addressed his skeptics, those who say he's full of bunk. He's addressed them saying that not only has he taken lie detector tests, but so have the witnesses, the other loggers that were with him. So there's something to be said about that. Uh, these are real people with true stories, and there are no limits tonight. So if you call, you're going to get on the air. It's as simple as that. And uh, we'll have a conversation. You'll be treated with utmost respect, and you'll feel comfortable about sharing your experience. You know, I, I'm not dragging anyone on the air tonight who, who doesn't want to freely talk about their experience. So if you have if you have any sort of reluctance in, in sharing your experience or you're worried about MIBs coming after you, don't call. I will just say that because I'm not here to make your life worse. I'm not here to, um, you know, well, make it worse, you know, for the activity to, um, to continue or to escalate or for you to get a visit from, you know, somebody's secret. I, I'm, I'm not into that. But what I do want to hear from people tonight is I want to hear from you about your experiences as, uh, as in-depth or as not in-depth as you want to get. That is your call. Now, I'm going to ask some questions. We're going to try to draw as much information out of you as possible because that's just the kind of person that I am. I want to know. I know our audience wants to know. Uh, any any host who should conduct an interview and not ask legitimate follow-up questions, quite frankly, isn't listening to his own his or her own program. If they're just asking the next question on the page that they had given to them by guests or that their producers or themselves came up with, they're not doing their job. They're not listening. They're not trying to have a better radio program. They're just trying to have a program. Well, me, I I want information. And so, you know, I'm going to ask, and if you're not familiar, if you're not comfortable with giving that information, well, 
by all means, there is, um, you know, there's no obligation to do so. I want you to feel comfortable to tell your experiences tonight. So, again, the phone number is 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. My name is Jeremy Scott. You are listening to Into the Parabnormal, and we are here live every Saturday night, for the most part. You know, I was off three weeks for my wedding. I'm back. I'm in action. And we're here on Saturday nights traveling into the Parabnormal. So if you're new to the program, you can join us each and every week. Uh, we have a call right now from uh, the state of uh, Pennsylvania, where it is uh, just after 10 o'clock at night. Who am I speaking with? Hey, Jeremy, this is Gene hey. from Philadelphia. Gene, how are you, brother? I've been good, Jeremy. Yes, how about you? It, uh, wonderful. I, 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 I flew in a small airplane over an air show today. Oh, wow. How was it? It was um, noxious. Did you go upside down or anything like that? No, we didn't do any tricks, but I saw plenty of those from the ground. Hmm. Wow. So I, I hear you're experiencing kind of an Indian summer there in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's been really nice. I think we're getting some of like the warm southern winds coming up uh, through Virginia, Ohio, up towards Pennsylvania. And uh, Ohio and, uh, and maybe Indiana and those states are getting some rain that we would have got, but we're missing it because of those mountains near Pittsburgh. And uh, it's, it's been really nice weather here. It's been like perfect the last week and a half. Well, you've heard the program tonight, no doubt. It's been good. So what do you think of all this Planet X stuff? Um, is, did, did Mr. Mead leave? Mr. Mead is no longer... Well, here, here's... here's, here's uh, for those who may not have heard the earlier part or who didn't catch on, um, David Mead is MIA. Uh, what you heard tonight was David Mead from back in January when he appeared on this program. Uh, when David Mead told us that, uh, you know, we were all doomed, and come October 5th, which was the original date that he supported uh, or supplied at that, p- at that point, that all this stuff was going to happen that we outlined. And we only got to even just a, uh, a fraction of that here in the first hour tonight, because this is the night that now he says it's all supposed to happen. He moved his prediction up two weeks from October 5th to September 23rd, and, and like I say... Um, that you know that that that's a respected move. I respect somebody who is going to change their opinion based on new information. Kind of like when you, um, well, when you watch the weather and they tell you it's going to be one thing, and then it turns out to be something else. Uh, or like they're telling us, uh, you know, we had a little bit of rain, and uh, and so we're kind of out of the heat here in the Northwest. But they're telling us that on Wednesday and Thursday of this week, we're supposed to hit 80s. Okay, that's all well and good, but what happens if, uh, you know, two days from now, uh, when they look at the weather models, it's still not, it's not going to be 80s. If they come mm. on the air and they say it's no longer going to be 80 degrees, that is smart because they're, they're looking at new information and they're, they're projecting that. And that's exactly what happened with David Mead. Well, David Mead okay. said he was going to go away from an area where there were, you know, like, uh, away from coastal areas where he could get taken out by a tsunami or high tides or or anything like that. And since that point in time, I have not been able to reach David Mead. So who knows wow. if he's still among us? Who knows if he's down in the bunker? I don't know. Hmm. Wow, that is wild. 
Yeah, I thought he was live, and so did Lisa, I believe. Well, that's good, because... <laughs> but, you know, what he was saying was exactly... I, I, I believe him. I think he's on the exact right track. Um, especially with the pole ship thing. Because, you know, that was supposed to happen in 99, then 2001, then 2012. That's, that's the point. That's the point, Eugene. I mean, what are we to make of these people who give a date... And then it doesn't come true because we're, we're we're here right now. It is September twenty third. We're live. I mean, you're talking to me. It's ten nineteen where you are, seven nineteen where I am, and we're live and we're in the flesh. And we have people listening all across the world tonight who are live. They're with us. So why why the dates? See, with uh, uh, with those things, whether it be research or psychic predictions or or remote viewing, the date is maybe the hardest thing to pin down. You might get a partial uh, viewing of the date or partial data that uh, suggests a close date, but the date, especially these days, people would like to have precise numbers, is one of the hardest things to put down, especially something that's going to happen in the future because of all those variables that could change it. But uh, I think because of the way the planet's acting, something does seem to be exerting itself on the planet from the outside. Yeah. But that's not only affecting the planet, it's affecting the people. The people are almost getting, the planet's almost getting as wacky as the people. So something is really affecting us, and I think it's coming from the outside of the planet, just like uh, Mr. Mead said. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I can't see, uh, and that, just like he said, would be the worst thing that could happen. We would have all those things combined. And something like the tremors, the earthquakes, and things, or, or signals and symptoms of something approaching us from outer space. And they said a meteor, meteorite or comet couldn't do it because it's not electromagnetical, not electric, electromagnetic, uh, but a planet is. And uh, that magnetic appearance is already starting probably to interfere with the planet, and it causes these Earth changes and... Uh, all kinds of things. I uh, there's, but he's on the exact right track. And you know, uh, at a certain point, I'll have to go back. But he was talking about seeing something. Maybe you remember in the night sky, like you could see it at a particular time at night. Do you remember what he was saying about that? Because well, we were, we saw some weird things out, uh, maybe about forty degrees in the sky, very low. That was super bright. Here's here's what I would here's what I would do, uh, Eugene. I would I would I would refer you back to the uh, the two hour program that that I did with uh, David Mead on episode one ninety four. Um, so, so so scroll back there. It was back in January. We did a full two hours with David Mead, and uh, we go into so much more. I know a lot of you had questions, but we you know we were short on time. Um, and, and if we do, if we do reach David Mead, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if we'll ever be able to, to interview him again because he has said, you know, twice now that the, that, you know, this pole shift was going to happen and it doesn't appear to have happened. Um, so I'm not sure if he'll ever resurface again, but if there's a, a chance that we can have him on the air, uh, I certainly will. So he's just not in contact anywhere, or has he been making any I, kind of I have not appearance? seen I have not seen him on any radio shows. He hasn't made public appearances at any conferences. He is not responding to email. Doesn't look like there's been any wow. updates on his website. But what he had said, 
If we didn't if we didn't get to that part of the conversation in the first hour tonight, we certainly did in the full two hour program that we did with him earlier this year. He says that he was going to uh, he was living in the Gulf of Mexico at the time, which all the things that he described, the Gulf of Mexico is not a place you want to be if all that stuff comes true. Okay. Yes. Yes. Definitely inland, like uh, he was saying, uh, Arkansas, Pennsylvania is supposed to be fairly safe, but more, even more inland, Missouri, in the middle, in the heartland of the country, away from the coast, and and if possible, away from any mountains or hills, anything flat. Indiana would be good, yeah. except for the floods. It's yeah, that's something that uh, people should definitely start checking into, like survival, uh, yes. mass extinction. Uh, level event survival. I, when I was working with the Temple Police, we had a training for that in about maybe '96. Uh, what was catastrophe training? And back then, uh, it, we really didn't. We thought we knew it was different, but now and then 9/11 happened, and now the weather and stuff. So, uh, and we were preparing for like you know 5,000 people injured. So. It's just like with this quake, those four hurricanes. There's something really weird going on it's just it's more than heart uh even though i I bet you they're fighting each other with using weather wars as ammunition because there was a a treaty that they signed in 92 with the father bush that said they could use uh uh the nerve gas agents and weather as weapons but the nukes were out i'll try and find that too yeah if you do send it to me and I, i can share that with the audience or i can post it later um we got about four minutes till the till the bottom of the hour. We'll have more paranormal news with John Jeter coming up, so folks stick around for that. Did you have a true paranormal experience you wanted to share with us? Yeah, I did. I was thinking about that uh, right when you got off the break. And uh, you know what's kind of weird? Uh, I've had a lot of things, but sometimes, and everyone's probably had this, is when you're alone and then weird stuff happens. Like, you know, you get home from work. Um, yeah. And you hear a bump in the room. Yeah. So then you have to kind of police check your whole house to make sure that every closet, everything is empty. And then you do just bumps and stuff and noises that you hear fully. And then when you go and explore, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. And usually you're in the house by yourself for a few hours or the night. And uh, those things are weird. Or you mm-hmm. might see uh, like, you know, something out of the corner of your eye, like uh, yeah. the shadow people. I've seen that twice. Or the floor and, creaking or something like that. To what? The, the floor, floor, yeah, floor creaking. creaking. And it's, yes, or something touching you on the back. Oh, that's or the you worst. Might even, that is, yeah, that's some weird stuff. It's, and sometimes you can hear things, too, like with the hearing and the, uh, what ab- like, yeah, you said. What about the, uh, the buzzing phone Those in your pocket? What about the buzzing phone in your pocket? You ever experienced that phenomenon, mean, like, uh, Eugene, where no. you know that your phone vibrated in your pocket? I mean, you you felt it. There's no doubt that you felt it. You pulled your phone out of your pocket. You turned your screen on, and there wasn't a notification at all to explain why your phone vibrated. I've had that. I've had that. You have? Yeah. And a lot of times I thought it was someone someone else's phone had it not been for the vibrating. I've had that before. Yeah. And maybe I don't, you know, maybe I thought, I don't know. That's, That's a weird thing. And that's electrical, too. So that could maybe uh, yeah. be a part of it, because we're electrical. Well, those are all um, certainly but, uh, paranormal to me. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And it's good to notice anything weird like that. Usually people just disregard those things. 
Um, like you walk into a room or turn on a light and the light bulb goes off. I do that a lot. And uh, yeah. it seems to be more than normal, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's weird that some of the things that happen when you're alone, like when you're asleep with a sleep paralysis. Yeah. You know, that's spooky. And it's semi-real. It's like there's a spiritual side of that. It's physio-spiritual where part of it's actually happening, even if it's in the mind. There's a part of you struggling and trying to break free. And you know that you're paralyzed. If only if you just pop awake. And it takes a lot of strength and, and kind of calmness to uh, break out of it. Like if you use breath control with the breathings through your stomach, you can pop awake that way. Or some people say if they call upon God. I've done that and that works. But there's a lot of little weird things that happen when you're alone. That's, uh, you know, or a sudden you'll be standing in front of the mirror or in a room and you'll feel that there's someone behind you. And you'll literally turn, even though you're in the house, and see if there's anyone there. <laughs> That's weird. That's, yeah. Gene, I appreciate the call from Pennsylvania tonight here on True Paranormal. It's been my pleasure to have you on. Thanks, Jeremy. You have a good show, Jack. Yeah. I appreciate it. And I hope you can join us, uh, you know, most Saturday nights because we're here and we, uh, and we like having you listen and, and calling. We will do that, Jeremy. Yes. All right. Tell Lisa my best as well. I will, Jeremy. Thanks. All right. That's Gene from PA. Well, when we come back, we're going to continue with True Paranormal. These are real people with true stories. No limits tonight. I'm Jeremy Scott, traveling with you into the paranormal. Away from the Internet, but got minutes? Hear the show for free on your phone. Call 641-793-7154 or 515-605-9553. And of course, powered by TalkStream Live, 701-719-9703. Save your data. There's a subject that most people regard as fringe. These stories are right from the mouths of experiencers. This is not just another UFO documentary. The Watchmen Chronicles from L.A. Marzulli. If the people in this film have seen something. I've seen a UFO. I've seen a UFO. And I saw a UFO. And I saw a UFO. I've seen a UFO. A UFO. People from all walks of life have come on the record in their own words. And their testimony is true. Join me as we explore the folks who have had encounters in their own words. Order The Watchmen Chronicles now at paranormalradio.com and experience UFO encounters never before told this way. For a limited time, buy one, get the second half off. Click the special offer at paranormalradio.com to order your copy of The Watchmen Chronicles today. You've heard of TalkStream Live, the free dynamic directory of streaming talk radio shows available online and mobile apps. But have you heard of the Paranormal Radio app? Check check it out! It's available for free now on Android and iPhone devices. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows, including Into the Paranormal. Find the links to download the app for your device today at TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app. Hey, it's Jeremy. One of the ways we keep this show free is through advertising. So when you hear us take a break on the program, we're merely paying the bills, and that's in lieu of charging you to listen to this show. So here's how you can help. When you hear an advertiser, let them know you heard it on Into the Paranormal and support them. 
It'll mean all the difference in keeping this show free to you. Paranormalradio.com. Click on any of the sponsors and tell them you heard about it on Into the Paranormal. This is Paranormal News. I'm John Jeter. Travis Walton, the most famous alien abductee in the world, is firing back at skeptics. Travis Walton says he has passed five lie detector tests and witnesses and crew members have taken 11 of their own. He was MIA for five days when he left his fellows in the mountains of Arizona on November 5th of 1975 in pursuit of what he thought was a forest fire. I thought that this thing was just going to shoot right off. and then, you know, I hurried towards it thinking, you know, it'll be gone before I even get close enough to see it that well. But it uh, didn't leave. It's, it started to move and the sound got louder. So I jumped down behind the end of a log there. And uh, I decided I'd better get out of there. And I, I raised up, turned to go, and at that instant I just felt a numbing shock. Um, I blacked out. Walton says he was taken into a spacecraft by extraterrestrials before being returned to Earth. Experts believe there is a million to one chance of there being any mistakes in the polygraph tests. Is the U.S. Navy running a top-secret program to detect unidentified submerged objects? MUFON's chief video analyst and astronomer Mark D'Antonio claims to have witnessed what he believes was an alien craft traveling at impossible speeds in the North Atlantic Ocean. He says he overheard a naval officer ordering the sonar operator to log the unidentified object. While all our attention is looking into the sky, the alien base we've been looking for could be right under our nose. Connect with the news at ParabnormalRadio.com. I'm John Jeter, and this is Parabnormal News. Let's hear from you. You're traveling into the pair of normal with Jeremy Scott. You know, the moniker for true paranormal tonight is real people, true stories, no limits. But even if you're not a real person, I would welcome your call. If you're a vampire, if you're an alien, or you're a Bigfoot, or you're an entity of some other dimension... I need not give you the phone number and the Skype because you could just telepathically get a communication to me. So let's hear what you got. But for those who are uh, real people with true stories and want a forum where there is no limits, 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. And I'm Jeremy Scott. Boy, what a uh, story that we have... uh, Stories we have heard tonight from uh, David Mead. 
uh, regarding Planet X. Uh, we're all still present and accounted for here now with four and a half hours left in this uh, September 23rd uh, day. Uh, Gene from uh, Pennsylvania uh, joined us uh, to talk about, I mean, that's a topic for a full show, strange things that happen when you are alone. I mean, you have to, uh, you have to agree, right? That when you're alone, maybe it's just your perception or maybe you're paranoid or, or maybe it's even something, you know, different than that. But there certainly is weird stuff that goes on. You know, I can't remember the last time I was alone. Oh, yeah, it was the night before my wedding. And it was about uh, Friday two weeks ago. And I was here alone, and it just felt so weird. Like there wasn't anybody to talk to. And, um, you know, we, we keep a uh, a weapon for self-defense with us, as I think all responsible people should. And uh, I, I never even really think about it. Because I'm not worried, but that night I took it to bed with me. So there is something to that <laughs> about being alone. Well, I want to welcome uh, my friend and uh, fellow uh, host, uh, Dave Cruz, to the program. He's from Beyond the Strange Radio. He's got a show coming up here uh, at 9 o'clock Pacific. So, uh, Dave, what's up, brother? Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on on the show tonight. Oh, it's my, it's my pleasure. So um, you've done some paranormal investigation, right? Yes, I have, as a matter of fact. Tell us about, I mean, just briefly here, because that's probably not what you want to talk about. What kinds of things have you uh, investigated? Well, I've done uh, typical ghost investigations. Um, I've done some investigations for UFOs, um, things like that. Okay, so you have an opinion. <laughs> you have an opinion on all of this paranormal stuff. Um Tell us yeah. about tell us about tell us about what what you want to tell us about tonight. Well, my biggest thing out there right now, of course, is what's going on in our skies. But I'll save that for another show with you, maybe one of okay. these days. Sure. But my um, my experience with the paranormal um, happened in November of 2015. Okay. When I first when I first started my show. And I basically did a backyard investigation that was in my town. And I had heard many rumors growing up that there was a house that was haunted. Um, so I said, yeah, why not? Go check it out. You know, I never had the chance to do it, so let's go. So me and my wife just casually went there. They, they had turned it. It's an old 1800 Victorian home that was made when the show, when the, when, excuse me, when the, um, when the town was being um, built, when it was first founded. And one of the founders, by the name of John Lawler, had lived uh, in this particular house, and it was near a shipping marina. Um, let me back up. The house was somewhere else, but they brought it to the marina, which a lot of people, a lot of investigators claim is, is haunted itself. But they, they made this um, house into a museum, like an art museum. So the whole bottom um, first floor is an art museum and also a museum of the house itself, talking about the town, talking about the founder, many things like that. See a lot of old black and white pictures um, throughout history of this place and through the town. Well, we had heard that there was stories of a little girl who was running around the property late at night 
um, near a bunch of these bizarre looking little statues, art, artwork, whatever. I went during the day. We just, we just stopped by there and I've learned also, Jeremy, that ghosts don't care whether it's night or day. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're there no matter what. And um, so, yeah, th- that was my first investigation. So what I felt was, and I did, I do mean I felt, is that um, you can actually feel what ghosts are, tr- are, are doing or what has happened to them in the past. And, and what I mean, and I'll try to make this more brief. I'm sorry. I'm taking a no, long time. No, no, take your time. But thinking about it was really i mean just thinking about it it just it it kind of brings back the feeling and the memories i went to the second floor because it's a third a three-story home i went to the second floor to do some you know looking around and i actually got video but i i just haven't published it yet on on my page or not but it's coming soon okay i have audio too and um i went to a particular part of the second floor and i started feeling really sick and I almost started feeling like my chest was hurting. I started getting really sweaty. I'm like, man, I, I think I'm com- I think I'm having a heart attack. Uh oh. And so I start. So yeah. So I start walking over, and I'm a big guy. You know, I'm six one. You know, two hundred plus. So I'm I'm thinking, mm, I better you know get go out back of here? downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. So I start going back down. Well, I went to one part of the another part of the of the, of the floor. Started feeling better. Started clearing up. Then I go back down to, you know, I go back over to the where I start feeling that and I start feeling it again. So I said, forget this. I went downstairs, back downstairs with my wife. And um, sure enough, I start feeling better again. We leave the place. I feel fine. Didn't feel it anymore that day. Uh, I go back with a medium about a week or two later. And the first thing that she told me is, yes, there's a lot of activity in this house. So she goes to the second floor before me, and while she's sitting on a chair, I go up to meet her, and she's already writing notes. I start getting that feeling again. And something, man, it's got to be anxiety or something. But she tells me, no, just stay right there. Just walk over here a little slower and go up towards the stairs, towards the third floor, and stay right there. And when I did that, I'm not kidding you, Jeremy, I started feeling a rush of energy, what I don't know what you call it, and then finally she said, "Just ground yourself. Just you know, think think about light coming through you, all that stuff. What mediums tell you, and this and that." And I started calming down, this and that. And she wrote down that there was a person who had died of a heart attack in this house. Well, oh. we go downstairs, we find the history of the house. It's in the papers and everything of uh, back in eighteen hundreds or whatever. Sure enough. John Lawler had died of a heart attack in that house on the second floor. Now, was that a turning point for you, or were you already a believer in this? I was already a, a believer. Of course, I wanted to know more, and I got it that day. Um, and it was interesting because I really didn't – I wasn't really going there for a full investigation the first time, but I I did find something and the second time I went with 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 the medium, um, I got pictures, uh, and I and when I looked through them, there was a couple of pictures where there were these little bubbles I'd never seen before. Well, later on, I found out they're called orbs, and I have those pictures also on on my Facebook page. The so suspense, really, is, suspense is killing me, Dave. 
<laughs> it, it turned out to be a full investigation, pretty much. So it was, it was really, really cool, but at the same time, it was a really trippy experience. <laughs> Uh, and trippy is certainly one way to describe that. Well, I appreciate you uh, jumping jumping on the true paranormal uh, to tell us about it, and I know you uh, you have a show of your own to do, so I won't keep you much longer. But thanks for being part of the program, and uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me on the oh, show. It's my pleasure. There's uh, Dave Cruz from uh, Beyond the Strange. Uh, you can you can check uh, out. I believe it's beyondthestrange.com, and uh, he's a he's a good guy. Well, um, getting sick in a house and finding out that somebody died there of a heart attack and you were experiencing heart attack-like symptoms, that would freak me the you-know-what out. 818-672-6865. 818-672-6865. You can Skype in to Parabnormal, I-N-T-O-P-A-R-A-B-N-O-R-M-A-L. Boy, these stories tonight are certainly fascinating. Uh, that is one one word we could describe them. I want to welcome uh, Rich Giordano now to the uh, program. It's the first time that we've had the uh, opportunity to speak. Um, Rich, tell us a little bit about yourself, and, and thanks for joining us. Oh, man, thank you for having me on, and nice meeting you. Your virtual <laughs> acquaintance. <laughs> this is great. This is great. Uh, well, it's going to be hard to follow Dave's story. That was amazing. Um, but I am a paranormal researcher and not really an experiencer, but more in the line where I do catch things on video and have had some strange videos uh, and strange experiences the last 13 years comes in waves so getting into this i I, in 2004 i borrowed my sister's camera just to tape thunderstorms and dust storms that we have here in arizona and i videotaped something that i didn't know was hovering and appearing over a tree until seven or eight years later but i also saw some weird strange lights and it got me wanting to buy my own camera so i bought my own camera caught some weird things in the sky and I was hooked and not knowing anything, the internet, you know, was still growing. YouTube was brand new. Facebook, I don't even think was around yet. It was MySpace. I started seeing things and, uh, learning about what's in the sky and learning how people were lying, faking, um, doing things they weren't supposed to do. I, I wound up getting into the dark side of the paranormal where I'm, I, I am now a into ghosts too, but mainly UFOs, about 80% of the stuff that I've experienced. Um, but I got into the dark side and met a lot of people in, in the field and um, learned how everybody was misidentifying things and even supporting debunked claims of UFOs and things that weren't real. So I got really involved. I, you know, I had my own radio show. I did been doing that for years now, almost 10 years, I think. So I like talking about the truth, and over time, I have experienced things that I can't explain, and it's hard for me to come out and and explain what I think happened to me, which I, I deny as dreams, because I don't want to believe that aliens were in my house, which I'll tell you the story here in a minute, but yeah, so even Rich, me, 
a person who doesn't believe a lot of stuff unless I see it on video or audio or whatever, it's hard for me to even believe things like what I'm about to tell you happened mm-hmm. to me. Okay. And uh, I guess I'll go right into it. Yeah, please do. I know you're pressed for time. So, no, look, no, not, not I at mean, all. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, it was around, I think, 2007 or eight. I moved into a new house, two-story home. We were the only house on in the new community, me and my ex-wife, at the time my wife. Um, but I've been videotaping things and getting really educated on what I'm learning, I'm taping, and and everything else. So being a real skeptical person who experiences things in the paranormal, if something happened to me, I wasn't going to believe it right away. So I don't know. I have this love-hate relationship with aliens. Uh, I mean, when I try to to reach out to them, you know, because I, I, I want to be abducted. I'm one of those people who says I want to be abducted because I don't wow. think I ever have. Yeah. Wait, would you pay to be abducted, Rich? Sure, I would. Okay. Yeah. Is there a limit to what you would pay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However much you got in the bank, right? <laughs> However much I have. <laughs> Minus what you need to make it to the next payday. I get you. Carry on. Exactly. I am paycheck <laughs> to paycheck. That's right. All right. So, <laughs> so See, I'm, I'm psychic. I'm, I'm psychic. Folks oh, okay. Know. Wow. I mean, you might be. You might, <laughs> you might be. So, this this particular night i was i went out sky watching after my show and uh it was like 10 o'clock i'd walk my dog go to this field it was about as big or big about two football fields. i, I don't want to hear about your dog doing number two. Oh. oh sorry all right well, let me change it we were in this <laughs> pool right i couldn't resist <laughs> I all right I, I, i'll be i'll be quiet for the rest of this <laughs> it's all right no man i dig it <laughs> <laughs> that's how I like to do my show, man. Um, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm out in the middle of a field. People have always asked me, Rich, you, you want to be abducted. So have you ever, tr- what have you tried? And I said, well, I'll sit in the middle of a field and some nights I'll be nice. And uh, there's nobody around. It's, you know, 10 midnight, whatever. I'm out there late. So I'm mad. And I'm like, come on, you and, you know, and I'm swearing. I go, I'm here. Nobody's here. It's me and my dog. What is wrong with you? I give you opportunity after opportunity to abduct me, and I'm a researcher, and this is the thanks I get. So I'm going <laughs> off, and I'm really pissed, right? So nothing happens. It never does. So I go home, and I go to sleep. It's around midnight. I was out there for a while. And all of a sudden, um, I get I wake up and I look at the clock in front of me. I'm I'm laying on my left. My wife is in front of me, the dog in between us. And the clock is over her shoulder and I see it says 302. But now, mind you, everything I'm telling you is happening in like an instant, like a thought. So it sounds like it's taking this long, but it's like you wake up, you open your eyes. All this thought process happens very fast. So it's happening quickly. At the same time I'm looking at the clock, I feel this pain in my ear my left ear, which is why I woke up in the first place, because immediately I went to my ear, put my hand on it, and <laughs> and I see this bluish, whitish light reflecting off of my hand. I can see, like, you know when you put a flashlight full blast and you hold it up to your hand, you can see your veins and how red your blood is? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I, yeah, it was kind of like that. I could see the light go coming I guess it was retracting out of my ear because I turned around to see what this light was. 
and it, I saw this bluish whitish beam retract into the left hand of a three and a half foot, four foot tall gray alien being that was putting something in my ear. I still have pain in that ear. I have twitching in that ear. Something's going on with that ear. And the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. They found no implants. Thank you. Not that I was asking him to look, but very scared. Yes. I jumped up. Uh, as I jumped up to look at my wife to shake her awake, I turned around. Of course, the thing wasn't there. So I turned on all the lights. I'm upstairs. I run downstairs. Nobody, you know, I'm looking for people. You know, I'm looking for things. I'm like, you won't believe what I just saw. You won't believe what was here in the room. I had a shaker awake. She was like unconscious, sleeping, yes, but the dog didn't even move. I'm like, he moves at everything. So I don't know what happened in that bedroom, but I went outside to walk the dog because now he's up. He had to go to the bathroom again. Again, number two. And I go across the street. I have a fairway of grass and uh, in this new community, and in the grass are two grass circles, like crop circles, which is right across the street from my house. I took pictures. I've got them. I still have them. You can see it was interwoven as small as these blades of grass were. Some of them were like tied in knots. So something happened across the street. And and they were like three, three and a half, four foot wide little circles, really small ones. Okay, now that you've heard that, I'm going to backtrack to tell you what happened very quickly three nights before. Now, as this happened, I forget what happened three nights before. Three nights before, in the same ear, I wake up. Guess what time? Yes, 3 o'clock. I wake up to something or someone doing this, and I'll, and I'll do it just like I heard it. I'll be in your head before but, you wake up. Do, do that again. <laughs> I'll be in your head before you wake up. Oh, that's creepy. That is it, damn creepy. You want to know what's creepier? You know what a doppelganger is, oh, right? Oh, yes. What this person looked like you? I didn't see him, but the impression was my voice. It was me telling me I'm going to be in my head before I wake up. Because when I do the impression, that's it. That's me. When I first did the impression and was telling my wife the story, I go, oh, my God, that was me in my ear. Because that's exactly, I did it perfectly. I'll be in your head before you, I'll be in your head before you wake up. (laughs) And then three nights later, I had this little four foot alien with a beam in my left ear. Same ear. What are they doing in there? So anyway, that's my experience. It's one of a couple that are pretty interesting, but I still think it's a dream. So I don't. (laughs) Did you, uh, did you shove a a Q-tip in there the morning after? Yes. Oh no. Immediately after. Yeah. I didn't get to all the details, you know, but, uh. Yes. I had my wife look in there with the flashlight. The flashlight, I mean, yeah. I said, something's in there. She's like, honey, I don't know what I'm looking for, but I don't see anything that's not human, you know, anything that's not shouldn't be there. But you need to clean your ears, so I did. And um, Yeah, I wouldn't recommend going digging in the ears just for, you know, those, no. those listening. But, you know, it's hard for someone like me who's so skeptical. When I hear other people tell me of their encounters, I'm like, yeah, right. What were you smoking or drinking? And, uh, you know, I'm sure they're saying it about me. So it works both ways, I guess. Wow, Rich, that is a hell of a story. Thank you. Ah, I didn't know which one to tell you, and that was I figured well, that you, would be you, an interesting one. You picked one. the right one. Good. <laughs> I, I just I just want I just want you to hear to you to say that one more time. 
I'll be in your head before you wake up. <laughs> now it's a soundbite for the show. And on that note, <laughs> sleep well. Thank you very much. You too, man. Have a That's great Rich, weekend. Rich, yeah, sleep well. Thank you. Richard Giordano joining us. Uh, uh, true paranormal. Uh, re- these are real people. These are real stories. They are true stories. And, uh, you know, don't worry about time. Don't worry about, you know, uh, giving too many details. Uh, I want to hear from your words, from your mouth, what you have experienced. If this didn't happen to you, Save it for another program. We'll have plenty of opportunities for you to call in and give third-party stories. But if this has happened to you, if you are a real person or if you are an entity from another dimension with a true story of the paranormal, something you can't explain, we've got another hour to talk with you tonight, 818 672 that's 818-672-6865. Uh, yeah, sleep well. I mean, I can't do it any better than Rich did right there. <laughs> Imagine if you heard yourself in your own, own voice in your ear and and your ear started to hurt. I don't know what it is about pain, but there are two... Uh, there are two. That's uh, an underlying thread of the past two um, callers to this program, Rich and Dave, who both have experienced pain. One in the ear, and one in the heart. But I think, uh, I think that story right there uh, from Rich is probably going to keep a couple of you up late tonight. I just have a feeling you're going to try to go to sleep. But you're not going to be able to. And for that, you can blame me and Rich. From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, one more hour of true paranormal coming up. I'm Jeremy Scott, traveling with you into the paranormal. Do you take Viagra? Are you tired of overpaying for your pills? What if you could get the exact same results for a fraction of the price? Guaranteed. Well, now you can with sildenafil, the active ingredient in Viagra. With 20 milligram generic sildenafil tablets, you get the exact same results of Viagra for less than $2 per pill. And again, the results are guaranteed. That's right, absolutely guaranteed results for a fraction of the cost of Viagra. So give your wallet a break and call us toll-free at 800-511-9761 to get your generic sildenafil delivered discreetly to your door. And of course, while saving hundreds of dollars, you'll also be saving time by saying goodbye to those long, embarrassing pharmacy lines once and for all. 
Again, just call 800-511-9761 and get your generic Sildenafil with a 100% money-back guarantee. Getting your pills doesn't get any easier or cheaper than this. So call 800-511-9761 now. Into the paranormal is everywhere. <laughs> Tune in. Talk stream lives. Paranormal radio app. The KCOR Digital Radio Network, WLRU, Valentine Radio, KTLK, The Fringe, FM, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, iTunes, Stitcher. Also hear us on Apple Music and Google Play Music. Listening to Into the Paranormal is always free on your favorite device and at ParanormalRadio.com. Jeremy Scott. I'll be in your head before you wake up. <laughs> Boy, that is creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, blame me. I mean, I, I, I'm the one who played it there, so blame me if you if you can't sleep tonight. <laughs> 818 That's 818 that includes no time limits. So uh, don't be a stranger. we got plenty of time left for you. Uh, in North Carolina, welcome to uh, True <clears throat> Paranormal. Hello. Hey, hello. What's up, John? How are you, buddy? What's up, man? How's it going? Well, it is going well. We uh, seem to all survive the, uh, the end of the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was wondering about that. I mean, did, did you even... Did, uh, some people were saying, well, do I have to do my laundry? Oh yeah, well you know, I was I was up on the tower anyway, just having a grand time. So, when, and, the, and, and, uh, and not a thought ventured across your mind that you know you might fall off the tower, you know, uh, and and die, you know, like the, be the end of the world. Nah, nah, yeah. not at all, man. It's yeah. uh, it's great up there. I was about uh, about one hundred one hundred twenty five feet up there, so yeah, yeah. wasn't too far up be, there. But... Be safe out there. Yeah. Well, do you have do you have a, a a true paranormal experience? Oh, I've had bunches. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, I've been in radio for years, and um, uh, with a slight hiatus going into a, a professional medical career, and uh, now I'm back in radio again. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we used to do. Um, I, I used to, I've always had an intense interest in the paranormal. 
and uh, we did some shows at uh, a couple of the uh, album rock stations that I worked at years ago and happened to have quite a few experiences. Some of them we really weren't expecting to, you know, to have right there, just happened right in front of us, but yes. Um, uh, I've had, uh, um, gosh, let's see, had an encounter with Bigfoot when I was a kid. I was out hunting. Um, of course, uh, I've had several paranormal uh, experiences with, uh, with spirits, you know, had uh, the great man. I think I told you about him one time. Yeah. I talked with him one, with yeah. you about that one time. Yeah, that was great. That's one of that's one of the freakiest ones I ever had, right there. Yeah, I I agree with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so you know we've had a rash of hurricanes lately, and yeah, any sightings? We've got one that's going to be any sightings yeah, Maria, of Maria. Yeah, Maria is on the way, and it's going to be hitting the North Carolina Outer Banks. So coming up on uh, what Tuesday or Wednesday, I think uh, the last forecast I looked at it just—they're now saying it's going to turn back to the northwest. So what does that tell you? Gray man is going to come out. The gray—the gray man is due. Yes. Yeah. Now uh, the hurricane—it's not going to hit anywhere here. We're way down in the southeastern corner of the coast of North Carolina down here. And uh, we're not really expecting any any uh, bad weather from that hurricane. We, we were worried for a minute there. We thought we might be getting it, you know, but it, but no, it's going way up above us there. But they're now saying it will definitely come right into uh, eastern North Carolina and the Outer Banks. Hmm. So uh, that that is a clear indication right there. I think uh, if anyone's listening who's on the Outer Banks or near the area there, uh, be on the lookout because I'm sure he will appear and it's about time because he usually shows up about a week or about a week or two before the storm will hit. So it's right about that time. But, uh, oh yes, I, I want to, I want to hear if you, if you run into the gray man again. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm here, I'm here right here at the beach here and, uh, um, so you, you never know, you never know. But, uh, the last time I encountered him, encountered him was down, uh, uh, what we call the loop. And the loop is a large, uh, sidewalk basically that follows the, the, the street going around the, um, uh, the island there before you get uh, over to actually get onto Wrightsville beach. And it circles around a marsh area there, and uh, uh, one end goes to the north end of Wrightsville Beach. The other end goes basically to um, the central uh, part of Wrightsville Beach here where the bridge come, comes across um, what used to be what we called many, many years ago was Newell's. Uh, Newell's was a store that was there, which is long since defunct. But anyway... Uh, so it, it's about a, uh, that whole loop there around the sidewalk. It, everybody walks on the, on, on the loop to get exercise. They either go skating there, they, they ride their bike or they walk or they walk their dogs or whatever. And that's the last time I encountered him there, uh, right before, uh, the, uh, the hurricane came in at that time. Uh, that one I think was, I, I, that was Hurricane Fran, I believe. And Fran was a particularly nasty one. Uh, we had a lot of flooding with that. It was terrible. But uh, 
not on Tart. Tell us, tell us. Not it was not Hurricane Fran. It was Hurricane Floyd. Hurricane Floyd. Mm-hmm. We called it Floyd and the flood. It was a very bad one. Yeah. So um, certainly a bad uh, year for flooding. Certainly a bad year for that. So. Um, yes. Prayers, yes. prayers for everybody. You know, we, I mean, the damage has been enough in Texas and Florida. We don't, we don't need any more of it. Oh yeah. And this particular year, uh, there have been some extremely powerful hurricanes out there, and of course, the season is not anywhere near over yet. So uh, we're, you know, and not only that, everybody here knows and remembers Hurricane Hazel. Uh, back in 1955, I think it was November of 1955, it hit on a flood tide uh, right at the end of the season. And it was, uh, they, they still argue about it to this day. Uh, uh, the old sea captains always said it was a Category 5, and all the, the, the national weather people said, oh, no, 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 it was Category 4, Category 4. But everybody here knows how bad it was and how terrible and, and high the storm surge was. And that it scraped the Brunswick County, the Brunswick County uh, beaches just below us here uh, were scraped clean. There was nothing left, not even a splinter was left on the sand. Uh, and I'm not kidding about that. There was nothing left. So we, we were, we've always been convinced that that particular one was a Category 5. So anyway, but the, the point is we're long overdue. We are long overdue for a, a really super hurricane like that. And uh, um, Gray Man always shows up before a really bad one. And they're saying this one will reach back up to uh, probably Category 4. Uh, right now it's still a Category 3, last time I checked today. But uh, it will hit the Outer Banks, so, you know, anybody out that way, be on the lookout for him. Well, John, you, and, uh, you said something that sparked my attention. You had a, a Bigfoot encounter when you were out hunting? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up in eastern North Carolina, and I'm not going to tell you where it was exactly because uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm scared to death that somebody's going to go in there and into shoot. that area and uh, and shooting. And uh, people nowadays are just not, you know, they, they, they do stupid stuff like that, and they don't think about what it is they're doing. And... Um, uh, I, I've got a whole host of theories about about Bigfoot. I could take a whole show to talk about those. But anyway, uh, yeah, I, I was hunting uh, when I was uh, uh, a young young lad, and uh, let's just say I was in a very wet area, and that's all I'm going to say. Lots of trees in a very wet area. Okay, like a marsh. And uh, well, uh, more like a swamp. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, but see, if I tell you too much, it'll nope. give away where I was because, you know, pe- people can put two and two together and figure out, oh, I know where it was. You know, so Fair anyway, um, I was, uh, yeah, I was hunting and, uh, actually I was, I was hunting for, for squirrels and, uh, which was, this is a very good place to, to, you know, to do that. And so. Uh, I was, uh, uh, basically just, just hanging out, you know, and looking for squirrels to, to hunt. And the, the funny thing is, um, I, I, I didn't really, there were there was no warning. And when the first, the first, actually, I, let me take that back. There was a warning. I, I, I smelled an incredibly stanky, stinky, I mean, nasty smell. Mm. I mean, it was a wretched smell. 
And I had been out hunting years before in, the, in those, in those years, uh, bear hunting. And, uh, that particular part of, of, of the country there, we have a lot of black bears down there. And, uh, black bears are known for their odor as well. <clears throat> but black bears lets you know long before that point that you are definitely where you should not be. And they are very pissed off about it. Um, so you, you know, it's a totally different, uh, thing with a black bear when you encounter a black bear. And I, I've, I've had black bear. I've actually had one take a swat at me when I was up on a deer stand and left his claw embedded into the wood on the stand, which I still have to this day. That, that claw is about four inches long. Hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, so you, you don't want to mess with a black bear and especially a mama black bear when she's got little cubs. That <laughs> is, oh Lord, that's a kiss of death. You do that. Um, so anyway, I've been, I was out hunting, uh, out hunting squirrels and the warning was this horrible smell. And I had no clue other than I'm, I'm thinking, oh, well, man, we oh, might be meeting I've got a bear coming here. I better watch it. Um, well, no bear. And uh, I'm sitting there basically on a log, you know, waiting to see if I can see the squirrels come across in the, the treetops. And I felt something behind me. Um, just, uh, you know, you know how you just feel like somebody's looking at you or staring at you? Oh, yeah. We talked about that actually about, a, about, uh, I don't know, 40 minutes ago with um, with Eugene from Pennsylvania who called in uh, to talk about weird things that happen when you're alone. And, and yeah, the feeling that someone's looking at you or you're being watched was one of them. Uh, it's creepy, to say yeah. the least. Oh, yeah. And and I, I just happen to be one of those people that very I'm very sensitive to stuff like that. And I have long hair, and, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the you know, uh, the the increased sensitivity that you have when you have you know, have long hair and not only that if you if you are born that way you definitely have it I mean you've got either you got that extra sense or you don't and uh, so uh, oh yeah I get that little that little tingling in your back and you go oh man what, you know what's going on so uh, but yeah it definitely could feel it and uh, that's when he threw something at me. What and was it? There, I'm sorry. What was it? He, I threw. I, it, I think it was just a big stick. But he threw. He threw an object. Uh, I believe it was a. I mean, I didn't actually see it, but I heard it land behind me. And uh, so, first thing I thought was that somebody was walking up. You know, coming up behind me like that. And I'm like, uh oh. So, uh, turned around, and of course, uh, I, I didn't see anything. Uh, so I, I just kept right on, you know, sitting there, but I was, I was definitely aware that, that something was going on. There was something was there. Um, so, you know, whether it was a bear or what at that point, uh, I, I really wasn't sure, but, uh, I was beginning to get concerned. And, um, so I get up and I, normally what I do when I, when I sense something like that, I go look for it. And that's because I don't want any surprises. You know what I mean? So uh, I know you report, and this John Jeter, by the way, host of Paranormal News, you, you, we talked about Travis Walton in the news. Would you Would you do what Travis Walton did? Uh, 
Let's see. You got you refresh my memory here. So Travis Walton is getting, is is the logger who you know saw a uh, a flash of light uh, in the field and thought it was a forest fire. He was the logger, so he thought it was a forest fire um, back in 1975 and decided to go in pursuit of it. Hopped out of the truck uh, in the Arizona mountains and went in pursuit of this thing. And he says he was abducted by an extraterrestrial spacecraft. Um, many had speculated, including law enforcement, that his fellow loggers murdered him until he was dropped out of the craft about five days later. I mean, you mentioned, um, you know, going into the going after uh, a Bigfoot uh, entity. Would you have gone after a UFO too? Oh yeah, oh yeah. If if, um, if uh, you know, if I wasn't sure about what the situation was, I would at least try to find out what the heck's going on. Would you Would you take a firearm with you or something? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> uh, but you got to understand, I don't. Uh, I, I I only shoot when I have no choice left but to shoot. I mean, if you're if you're if your life is in danger, and you know there's no other way out, then yeah, that's when you shoot. But other than that, no, I would never ever go after uh, a Bigfoot intentionally to so, capture or shoot one. No, having no, no, said no that, uh, you don't. You must not then believe that Bigfoot or Bigfoot are out to harm us. They are not. I'm convinced because if they had been, I would have been dead that day. Yeah, I would have been dead uh, because see, when when I went looking, oh, I found him. All right, uh, he came out from behind the tree, and sucker was big. I mean, he was massive. And one thing I learned uh, in anthropology class in college, I studied uh, 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 anthropology. A great, a great professor. Guy was awesome. One thing he taught us, he said, if you're ever in a situation where you confront a primate and they're bigger than you are, uh, you don't want to make eye contact with them. Whatever you do, don't stare them down because if you do, they'll, they'll take, they think that you're an alpha male and they think that, okay, it's time for a fight. So that's what you don't do. You don't give them, you don't look right, right in their eyes like that. And he, he told us about, uh, you know, silverback gorillas, baboons. Well, baboons are terrible. They, you mess with a baboon, they'll kill you. And uh, so you don't want to give him direct eye contact. So I didn't. I looked down. I looked at his feet, basically looked down. And not only are you, are you you're actually showing respect for them when you do that. So absolutely. Um, uh but, yeah, if they were out to hurt people, uh, yeah, I'd have been dead that day. There's no question. Uh, did I have my gun? Yeah. Would I have shot if he, if he attacked me? Well, yeah, I would. But I wouldn't, uh, not unless he did attack. But, but no, he, he uh, um, you know, they'll, they'll, he threw something at me. So, you know, I think he, he probably was telling me, look, you're, you're in my territory here. This is my home, and you're over here shooting animals in my territory, and I don't like that. I, that that's the kind of, that's the message I got from it, basically. Um, and he was about uh, he was about eight feet tall, a couple of feet uh, bigger than I am, taller than I am. Very very massive arms and legs. Uh, and when he took off, he ran unbelievably well. For that size of an animal, uh, of a hominid, I'd say. 
uh, as my anthropology professor would, would say, he was a bipedal hominid. But anyway, um, uh, and, and by the way, I, you know, I, I'm, one of the, I'm one of these people who believes that there is a reasonable and a logical explanation as to why they are here. And I think that logical explanation is they've always been here. They're nothing weird. They're nothing strange or anything else. I think they're a species of hominid that simply never went extinct. Um, I mean, think about it. Over in Europe, we had the uh, we had Australopithecus robustus, Australopithecus uh, graciles. Humans, human beings as we we know ourselves now, are graciles. The Australopithecus robustus species became extinct. In other words, and all that are also known as Neanderthal. And Neanderthals were not knuckle-dragging, idiotic, stupid, you know, boneheaded animals like people want to think they are. They now know that Neanderthals were extremely uh, intelligent. They were extremely artistic. They communicated. I mean, look at the cave paintings they found over there in Europe that are just uh, that are thousands of years old. Those were done by Neanderthals. So... The Neanderthals be disappeared. They became extinct, or they think they could have interbred into the into uh, um, the, the Graciles species and and basically uh, created a new species of which we now know we are today. They think, but on the other hand, you know, why, who's to say that uh, that the same species of hominids were not living in the United States? So, or back then, it was the, the North American continent. And the, the Native Americans here have said they've always been here. You ask any, you ask any Native American uh, 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 here in, in the United States, uh, uh, you know, talk to any one of them in their tribe, they'll tell you. They've been here for, for eons. They, they've always been here. And I think they simply were a species of hominid that, that never became extinct like they did in Europe or, or disappeared through, through, uh, uh, through breeding, for lack of a better term to use, uh, I hate to use that word, but I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, so I I really think that uh, that they were here before um, that than any you know any human beings were here, and the Native Americans, of course, uh, I, you have to look at the timeline there. How many thousands of years they've been here, and. Uh, but well, John, I really do believe that. I, I think they've always been here. There's nothing weird or strange about it. Uh, now, what I also think is, I think they're xenophobic. And by that, by that I mean they don't like people to know they're there. They don't want to bother with human beings. They don't want to have to deal with us because we're dangerous people and they don't like it. Scared of us, maybe, or they just don't want to have to, you know. Hey John, the deal. Fascinating. Yeah. We we got we do have to go because you your news is coming up in like three minutes. Oh yeah, cool. So, all right, so all right. Uh, so uh, thanks for calling in, buddy. All right, man. Stories of the Gray Man and Bigfoot. Those are true stories on True Paranormal. I'm Jeremy Scott. Another half hour with you tonight on Twitter. Follow at Paranormal Show for everything into the Paranormal. There's a subject that most people regard as fringe. These stories are right from the mouths of experiencers. This is not just another UFO documentary. The Watchmen Chronicles from L.A. Marzulli. Yet the people in this film have seen something. I've seen a 
UFO. I've seen a UFO. And I saw a UFO. And I saw a UFO. I've seen a UFO. A UFO. People from all walks of life have come on the record in their own words, and their testimony is true. Join me as we explore the folks who have had encounters in their own words. Order The Watchman Chronicles now at ParanormalRadio.com and experience UFO encounters never before told this way. For a limited time, buy one, get the second half off. Click the special offer at ParanormalRadio.com to order your copy of The Watchman Chronicles today. This is Into the Paranormal. 24-7 at ParanormalRadio.com. This is Paranormal News. I'm John Jeter. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes and airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Is the end of the world tonight or 82 years from now? Well... We're all still present and accounted for, so the answer is pretty obvious. Uh, duh. Geophysicist and mathematics professor Daniel Rothman says the end of humanity won't be until the year 2100. How are we going to go out? Not an asteroid or a pole shift. Rothman says when the levels of carbon in the oceans reach the point of no return, mass extinction will be inevitable. Medical experts are stupefied over bacteria that are eating in the flesh of humans in Australia. Cases in the state of Victoria have more than tripled. The bacteria causes ulcers, which rots away the victim's flesh. Researchers think it could be spread by mosquitoes, but they have nothing to support that theory. A 13-year-old girl who was infected started an online petition imploring health officials to do more to get to the bottom of what's causing the mystery disease. Officials recommend wearing insect repellent and covering their skin. Connect with the news at ParanormalRadio.com. I'm John Jeter, and this is Paranormal News. Nearly as top secret as Area 51. Yeah, and if you believe that, you'll really like this show. Into the Paranormal. I'll be in your head before you wake up. <laughs> it comes back again. It will never go away. I think we should play that every show. That was Rich Giordano from uh, earlier in the show. It's been a hell of a program. I mean, the stories tonight have um, they've been better than expected. I mean, I'm really, really impressed with with everything tonight. 
Um, you know, and I didn't ask anybody what they were going to talk about. Uh, I just asked people if they've had a uh, paranormal experience, if they wouldn't mind sharing it. And you have just come out of the woodwork here tonight, and uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Joseph Roop is uh, joining us now from uh, Lighting the Void over on uh, KTLK The Fringe. What's up, brother? What's going on? Oh, a little bit of this and that. Uh, Yeah? You haven't found David Mead, have you? No, I haven't. I haven't found him. Yeah. Well, I'm upset though. I want to talk to him and good luck ask him that. how come I didn't get the invite to the bunkers and the Ozarks. I'm from here. You think well, I would have known about it? The answer is didn't. because there is no bunker, and he doesn't believe his own hype, and he's still in the Gulf of Mexico. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. That's probably true. Were, I mean, probably were you, right. Were you worried at all? Nah, <laughs> not really. Not really, man. How's Although, the married life treating you, sir? Wonderful. Uh, it couldn't that's, be better. That's awesome. So it's certainly turning we, over a new leaf. Yeah, it's good to have you back, though. I got to say, good to hear you on the radio well, again. It's great to be here. Uh, I I I don't know what else I'd do on a Saturday night, <laughs> except right. uh, except watch all the TV shows I've already seen. Um, so it, it's true paranormal tonight, and uh, you know these are you're a real person, right, Joe? Absolutely, I'm definitely real. You're gonna you're gonna tell us a true story, right? That's right. Well, the floor is all yours, buddy. Well, I've told this one on on lighting the void, but I really want to tell this to the audience. So, mine's I don't have a lot of um, alien UFO type experiences. Mine are more uh, occultist in nature, kind of like the one you had with the water, you know. Um, now, I, I dig around and read books that I probably shouldn't and study books about the occult and things because I'm fascinated with it. I'm fascinated with the hidden mysteries of religion and all that stuff. But with studying things like that uh, comes some uh, feedback every now and then. And uh, Oh, yeah, for you too? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, it it'll, it blows back on you a little bit. And and I, I think that's because you, you're starting to open up doorways in your mind. I don't know if you should or you shouldn't, but it's what happens. Um, now, it's not super fascinating, but it was a life-changing experience for me. So there is this book called, or it's a text, actually. It was a channeled text. <clears throat> it was called The Emerald Tablets of Thoth. And I would listen to it because I was super into hermetics and stuff. And I was back when I had a painting company because I was running a construction company. I was working super late at this house on, I think it was actually a Saturday, kind of like this night. You know, it was a new moon. The sky was real dark. And every time, well, the story goes, if you listen to this text and you keep opening yourself up to it, you'll learn new things and new things will happen to you and and each time you go back, so it's one of those things, right? Mystical text, whatever. And so I'm listening to it as as I'm working. And I said, well, I'm going to step outside and I'm going to take a break. And there isn't a cloud in the sky. It's nothing but stars from, you know, horizon to horizon or in tree to tree here in Arkansas. And I see this one bright star I've never, ever seen before. And I'm looking at it. And it feels like it's looking at me, like it's so bright that it's just beaming at me. And this is after 
I was listening to this text and it kind of made me feel like, yeah, I just want to go outside, you know, so and just get some fresh air, you know. A star, you felt like this star was was looking at you. Yeah, I felt like that, but I knew it was in my head, you know. I was like, yeah, this is just in my head, but I've never seen this star before. And it was close to the center of the sky because I remember looking just straight up, you know, to see it. And I just kept looking at it. And, uh, you know, I was outside having a cigarette like I always do. And uh, the more I stared at it, it seemed like it was getting a little brighter and it just locked on to me. Now, at, at this point, I really couldn't move away. I really couldn't uh, look away because I was locked onto it. I was thinking, all right, this is a helicopter or it's a drone or it's something. I'm going to figure this thing out. But it never moved. I was like, so, okay, this is a star. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I started... Uh, thinking those thoughts, it it wheeled around as if it was a spotlight and dimmed out and disappeared. You could actually see the light move away from me. It seemed like it was shining at me. And you can see it phase like it turned face and then disappeared. And that only happened after I was listening to the audio of that text over and over again. And I thought, I went home and I thought, surely I can find this thing on a star map somewhere. Couldn't find it. And it, it changed my life. It, that, that's, a, that's paranormal, right? I know it's not fabulous. I didn't get attacked by a demon or anything, but I, I kind of got one of those stories too. But yeah, that really did happen to me. You know, and that, that initially, that little bitty thing right there, oddly enough, is what started my journey into paranormal and radio not really and digging into all this stuff you know? no, it's not really that odd in fact it's fascinating but i've never heard of a star that just disappears joe that is that is out there yeah i thought so too I, but then again you know when it happens you're telling yourself ah, it's it's your it's your brain it's your imagination but no i mean it was so vivid it felt like that it was kind of maybe downloading something to me. I, I don't know. I, I was just locked on it. I couldn't stop staring did you, at it. I mean, did did it download something to you, to you? Did you have some sort of revelation that you go, God, that's 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 really great. I know I couldn't come up with that myself. No disrespect, but you know, sometimes I get those uh, epiphanies. Yeah, um, actually, I was I was studying religion and I started figuring out that. You know, a lot of these religious stories are are really just like parables and nursery rhymes with hidden mysteries. And and I, the more I learned this, the more I was starting to understand it, especially, you know, the Judeo-Christian mysteries. And I started getting the feeling that it all went back to Samaria and Egypt, you know, just started kind of understanding that. And then I was having those thoughts while I was listening to it, like, wait a minute, it may be that these ancient sages and, and Thoth and all this, you know, he's talking about going to different galaxies, leaving his body and all this stuff. Maybe they put this stuff in these religions until we could figure it out. And as I was thinking that that's when I went outside and that's when this star, it's almost like it was a validation that I was on to something. You know what I'm saying? And that's important, uh, you know, for, for anybody who's experienced anything like this, to get some sort of validation because, you know, many times folks don't, and then they start to doubt themselves. Exactly, yeah. And I hate, I mean, there's just so many things, Jeremy, I want to figure out that, you know, some people will be like, oh, you know, you're never going to figure that stuff out. But, man, I don't believe that. I think that if we study enough and we try enough, 
and we you know we stay a, an open mind but not so open that our brain falls out like i'm sure you've heard that before <laughs> and we we you know we keep going after it we will figure this stuff out but the thing is is we don't get a lot of scientific validation things like that will happen to us personally and they never seem to happen at least with me when other people are around you know yeah i i i understand totally uh, a disappearing star, boy. Every I, every single one of these calls tonight has been amazing, and I appreciate Joe for you coming on the program. Hey, I appreciate you letting me on. Absolutely, you're welcome anytime. Best to you. Have a good night. Thanks, brother. It's Joe Root from uh, Lighting the Void. I, I pause just in awe because you know I couldn't have expected any of this from. You know, Eugene leading us on the journey about all the weird stuff that happens when we're alone to Dave talking about like he felt like he had a heart attack in a haunted house and come to find out the person who died there had a heart attack in the house. And, of course, uh, you know, Rich telling us about the, the doppelganger that he had encountered and pain in the ear and that, that creepy, creepy message that we've played over and over tonight. John Jeter talking about Bigfoot, Gray Man. Joseph talking about uh, listening to audio on the occult and then seeing this star just disappear right in front of his eyes, defying physics in every way. Absolutely amazing tonight. Still time for you, 818-672-6865, 818-672-6865. Let's welcome Brian to Into the Parabnormal. Good evening. Yahoy, what's happening? Man? How are you? Fantastic, man. How about yourself? It's, it's I couldn't be better. Right on. And, and just for everybody else, uh, most people know me on the radio scene as Gigi, um, in case people are wondering who Brian is. Gigi. But, uh, they, yeah, this is they, Gigi from Shift Happy. Okay, thank you for, for <laughs> setting me straight. Now, uh, it's really interesting that Joe's – I've actually experienced exactly the same thing that Joe just described, and I no had way. a friend with me as well. Wow. Um, it's really cool to hear that, um, but that actually was not my story. This is actually um, – it's a case of missing time um, amongst – I mean – there's no telling what really happened here, but I'll go ahead and get to it. So this was several years ago. I was living in Austin, Texas, and so I went downtown to see my friend's band play, and uh, so I'm going home. And now I live – at the time, my apartment was about a 20-minute drive, maybe 30 minutes if traffic was really bad, right? Pretty short drive. So I get in my car. Um, and I just noticed, I don't know, I'm really like OCD when it comes to numbers. And I just, I'm always looking at the time. I know what time it is. And, and so I look at the clock. It's 1.38. All right. So I get in my car, bounce down a couple of blocks, get on the I-35, which is the main highway in Austin, Texas. There's always, always traffic on there. And so when I get on, I'm driving for a minute. And I notice that there are no cars behind me, in front of me, coming the other way, just completely dead, which is, I mean, that's like hopping on the 405 in Los Angeles and no cars are there. It's just mathematically impossible. 
never seen that in my life. So I thought that was kind of weird. And then I see out of nowhere what kind of seemed like um, an 18-wheeler just turned on his brights, like right behind me. But I didn't notice a car there before, and I couldn't really see it, just these bright lights coming from behind me. Now, for the sake of the story and how I experienced it, we have to pause here at this point, and then you have to fast forward. So now fast forward. I'm in my apartment complex in the middle of making a turn, and I'm basically I'm coming to. But at that moment, I didn't notice anything happened or anything. I'm just normal driving. I pull into my parking spot, and it's and I look at the clock, and it's 4:25 in the morning, and I'm just sit, just wait, what? You know, like I said, it was only like a 20 minute drive, and I'm, my mind is just blown. And then it, and it happened in a way. If if I wouldn't have looked at the clock, I would have never noticed anything. Like my stream of consciousness just came back in. If I would have just gone upstairs and go to sleep and never looked at the clock, I would have never noticed. But so I'm looking at the clock. I'm scratching my head like, what? how is this possible? I'm looking I get outside my car. There's no dents. I'm looking at my phone. Did I make any calls? No calls or texts in or out. Look at my bank statement, like trying to figure like what's going on because I had zero recollection whatsoever from that point of being on the highway to all of a sudden just being in my parking lot in the middle of making a turn, which is weird because, you know, if I were knocked out or blacked out or something, you know, I would have, you know, been asleep and there, you know, would have gotten a wreck or something. But nonetheless, somehow I maneuvered through all the traffic, made the U-turns, entered the gate code, what have you. And so it's just one of the most undescribably confusing things to experience and as it is. But now it gets even crazier. So uh, as I'm trying to figure out what's going on, I'm like, so I decided to look at my mileage to figure out, okay. So I look at the mileage and it reads 138, 138, oh. 138,000 miles, uh, you know, 138,138. It's a little odd. Which, <laughs> so, uh, so there's that little synchronicity there with it being 138 when I left and my mileage reading 138, 138. But the thing that's crazy about that is um, at the time I was a delivery driver for Domino's. And it just so happens that earlier that day we did our, you know, bi yearly car inspection, you know, make sure everything's working. And part of that was, you know, jot down the mileage, which my mileage before that was at 140,000. But now I'm in my car and somehow it's gone back almost is weird. 2,000 miles, which it, and that's just the most, because I mean, I'm trying to think about it logically, like, okay, maybe somehow something malfunctioned and it was going backwards and somehow my consciousness left and I'm just driving around. But that doesn't even make sense because we're talking about 2,000 miles in a matter of three hours. And even <laughs> I didn't even have work the next day, but I had to go in. Just to double check, and sure enough, it was over 140,000 miles that was recorded down as my mileage. And I mean, talk about a just it really makes you question reality. I mean, I was I was pretty messed up from that for a couple of weeks, and I remember that night I was for some reason I was afraid to go to sleep. Like I just 
is just the most bizarre, bizarre situation. And and just trying to wrap it. This is it's been several years. I I could you know, some friends say you know you've clearly been abducted by aliens. Others say you know part of a military. Th- I don't know. I which, have no idea. Which one do you subscribe to most? I, you know, I really don't know. Um, certainly. Um, <laughs> I mean, have you gone through a regression? Are there any memories that you know would would match that of an abduction? Um, you know, uh, you know, my good friend Reverend John Polk uh, from the Quantum Hologram Matrix. He, yeah, he's he's had me on a couple of shows talking about this, and and there are a lot of, um, I guess there are a lot of. Um, coinciding factors um one of them being um an absence of people right before the the missing time event happens which is you know same thing with me i was on the highway the major highway not a soul on there which never seen before or since so there was that common thread but you know i i guess if i had to put some money on it i don't i guess some sort of abduction or I guess the least I could say is certainly something that has more control over reality than I do. <laughs> I guess interfered well said with my reality is is really the best yeah. I could put that. Well said. <laughs> but yeah, Gigi, that's a hell of a story. Right on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, yeah, man. It's, it's my I haven't pleasure. told that in a long time, so uh, it's my, good to well, get Well, thank you for, uh, for pulling it out of the bag and dusting it off for me. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you sooner than later. All right, you got it, buddy. That's Gigi from Shift Happens. Wow. Um, I, you know, there, there's another one. There hasn't been a single bad call tonight. Now, I was a little disappointed that, you know, the females didn't come out and represent tonight. Gene, Dave, Rich, John, Joe, and Gigi. Uh, it was a guy's night tonight. Uh, I guess all the ladies are out partying with their friends. You know, it's like guy's night out. and you know, Ladies have their own night to go do that. So maybe all the ladies are just partying on the town tonight or, or doing something like that. Or they're too shy or they don't think they have a good radio voice. You know, I mean, you, you've seen I don't bite. I'd like to have a little fun with you, but I don't bite. Well, here we are, three hours now on the West Coast from the stroke of midnight. Uh, East Coast, uh, you are going to hit midnight. I'm not telling you something you don't already know. Uh, It's going to be midnight in the East Coast very, very quickly here. And the point is, it's going to roll into Sunday morning, and we're still going to be here. (laughs) Uh, The world is not going to end. We're going to wake up tomorrow. People are going to go to church. Others are going to watch football. Some of you are going to sleep in, nurse a hangover. I get it. But we're all going to be here. Because the world, as we know it, will still be here. So again, another one of these goes down and bites the dust. No disrespect to David Mead. He's a smart guy. Obviously, I've had him on the program before. Episode 194, if you want to hear the full conversation with uh, David Mead. But, like I said, it's the dates that, that, to me, are the worst. Because when they come and go, and there's no movement, it just really makes you look. 
A little odd. 818-672-6865. we got about five minutes left. 818-672-6865. If uh, you've neglected to, uh, to call or to Skype in, but you're thinking about doing it, do it now. 818-672-6865. That's 818-672-6865. Or Skype into Paranormal. Next week on the program, we're going to talk more about UFOs and abductions with Kathleen Martin. The niece of Betty Hill, of the uh, Betty and Barney Hill abductions, the first documented of our time. And we're also going to delve even deeper into ET contact with Carolyn Corey. So next week is a program that you'll want to be here again for all three hours, as we are every single Saturday night, talking about things somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. Uh, If I experienced any of these experiences that were told tonight on the program, it would change my opinion. But yet, there are a lot of people out there who will not change their opinion no matter what they experience because they still don't believe it. Like I said, you know, you don't believe that you're child could take a cookie from the cookie jar even when you see them dipping their hands into the cookie jar and pulling it out. Some people just will not believe it even when they see it in front of their eyes. But I hope tonight with true stories from real people that you share it with somebody who might be a skeptic and say, hey, listen to this program. Listen to all these people who called in and told their experiences. Okay, maybe you can explain one of them, maybe you can explain two or three, but can you explain them all? And if they tell you they can explain them all, then you have them get a hold of me, and I want them to be a future guest of mine, because I want them to come on the program and explain this all to each and every one of us. Not because I want to ridicule them, or anything like that, but I want to learn from them. If there's somebody out there who truly knows how to explain each and every one of these, give them my number. Give them my email address. Tell them to go to paraabnormalradio.com and click the contact button, or go on Facebook and send me a message, or on Twitter at Parabnormal Show. But I highly doubt that that would happen, because while they may tell you they can explain this all, I'm sure when actually dipped into the water... They would drown. In your head before you wake up. <laughs> yes, you certainly would. You'll be in our head before we wake up. <laughs> From the cold, dark depths of a secret dungeon somewhere deep in the remote Pacific Northwest, I'm Jeremy Scott. It has been an absolute pleasure to sit in with you here tonight. Until we do it, 165 hours from now, if you can sleep. Night, night. I'll be in your head before you wake up. Thank you for supporting our advertisers. It keeps the show free for everyone. This statement has not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. No offense, but are you a little fat? 
when you look in the mirror? How do you like to learn the secret to losing three to five pounds a week without joining the gym or going through any crazy diets? It's called Body Sculpt RX. For the last two decades, we've helped countless people lose thousands of pounds. And now, it's your turn. Learn how to lose weight with one simple phone call and no prescription needed. You'll see an amazing difference in a matter of days. Don't believe us? We'll offer you a risk-free money-back guarantee. So if you're ready to start losing weight, call right now and get a free month supply with your first order of Body Sculpt RX. Call now. You have nothing to lose but the pounds. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. 800-395-4207. That's 800-395-4207. You've heard me talking about My Patriot Supply for a while, and things aren't getting any easier. From global conflicts and unstable supply chains, when shelves run on empty, you don't have to panic. Choose peace of mind with their three-month emergency food supply to keep your shelves and your stomach full. In an emergency, you won't have the time, resources, and ingredients to prepare your meals in the way you're used to. But you can get a leg up with My Patriot Supply. It's a three-month emergency food supply. You don't have to skimp. It's ready when you are. It's disaster-proof. And no food boredom here. 20-plus flavorful food and drink varieties. My Patriot Supply is offering a special deal for Into the Parabnormal listeners when you go to parabnormalradio.com slash food. Get your My Patriot Supply today from parabnormalradio.com slash food. That's parabnormalradio.com slash food. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.